Welcome back to Back in My Play. My name is Kevin Larrabee, and we have a hell of a show lined up for you this week because we're talking about not Mega Man 2 or 3, the, the games that everyone always says is the best Mega Man. We're talking about the secret best Mega Man game on the Famicom and the NES, Mega Man 5. And along with me for the start of this show, maybe we'll have some more guests later on, but I'm starting off with Mohammed Tahir of Brave Wave. Mohammed, how you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? It's, it's good. We got to talk a, a couple times in these last couple weeks for various different shows and, and things yeah. like that. But um, I, I, I mean, I can just go judging by the the bookcase that I'm sure is behind you or to the side of you. That oh my god, you love Mega Man and Rockman, and I, I just needed to have you on for for every Mega Man episode. I, I do love it. And I think Mega Man 5 is one of those really underrated games that a lot of people, even those who maybe only played it once a long time ago or maybe didn't play it, they kind of have an idea about the game that they refuse to change just because the internet, <laughs> for, for some reason, dislikes the game. So, oh, the internet. It, yeah. Internet. And, and, and it'll be interesting to talk about uh, uh, a, a, a Mega Man game that is not, hated but kind of disliked like not a lot of people like it not a lot of people even like the music uh but i do think it's a really good game with amazing level design well well you know people don't say they like the music i got some news for you right now the music's awesome and we're going to take a quick break to start this show and we're going to go and talk uh about some of the history but before then here is some of that said music from Mega Man 5 don't let it make your head explode start with the history of Mega Man or Rockman 5 or Rakuman 5 if you're in Japan. Sorry, I don't know. I'm super high energy today. It's the weekend and uh, I'm fully energized. But this game came out in Japan on December 4th, 1992. And in America on December 4th, 1992, they were able to kind of get it right out before the holiday season in uh, both territories. Actually, uh, while I'm kind of looking at my information it's possible it may have come out like literally the the final day of the year in 1992 december 31st um potentially this could be due to not having super firm release dates for this game but uh let's just say 
last quarter of 1992. Not fiscal, but just last mm-hmm. regular people quarter. Um, it also came out in the in, in Europe, of course, uh, in the NES in March on uh, March 10th, 1993. This game, and we're not going to really reference these other versions, but there is another version on the PlayStation 1 in the States here. We got those Mega Man uh, 1 through 4 re-releases on the PlayStation Network, those PS1 versions, and they're really bad. Uh, along mm. with this one, just don't even worry about that. It was also ported to the mobile phone in 2007, uh, not even to the iPhone. This came out on mobile phones in Japan. And, uh, of course, most uh, recently, uh, we were able to get uh, ports with the Mega Man Legacy Collection, but there's also been uh, other Mega Man collections throughout the years. Of course, the collection that was on the Xbox, uh, original Xbox, the PlayStation the anniversary collection, I think. Correct. Yeah, the anniversary yeah. collection and uh, the GameCube as well. Yeah. But it seems like right now, if you want to play this stuff today, you have a couple options on the current generation of consoles. You can either go and get the Mega Man Legacy Collection uh, retail releases or on the digital services, or you can pick it up on the virtual console, which you know I would recommend not doing uh, for a multitude of reasons. Maybe we'll get into those in a little bit, but at least here in the States right now, that Mega Man Legacy Collection right now, those retail releases on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and 3DS, they're like selling for $15. So, which is nothing, really. It might, it might as well be zero dollars. Um, exactly. So I, that's why I have not only uh, a digital copy on my 3ds, a retail copy for my 3ds, and a sealed retail copy on my 3ds. Because like when it showed up for thirteen dollars on Amazon, I'm like, whatever. I'll just buy an extra copy to have it, just in case. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I do. I do have it. I have the Japanese version on 3DS and the uh, English version, both uh, physical uh, copies. And uh, of course, I got the digital version just because I wanted it right away. Uh, and I'm, I mean, it's really cheap uh, on Amazon now, so it's it's the perfect time to get it. And all the six games are really good and fun to play. So it's a it's an amazing, amazing deal. You know, it would be even more amazing if you go to Network before buying it and clicking on the Amazon button in the upper right-hand corner. That way, I get like a dollar if you do pick it up through through Amazon. That would be really great. Um, mm-hmm. The the game in Japan um, had the subtitle of Blue's Trap. It's one of those kind of really rough, loose translation things. Um, there were subtitles for the, some of the Rockman titles in, in Japan. Uh, we just kind of got Mega Man and mm-hmm. Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 3 and so on and so forth. Um, a couple of things that I do want to mention, uh, the producer, uh, Takuru, uh, Fujiwara is, is someone that has been at Capcom for an extremely long time, working all the way up to Mad World on the Nintendo Wii. And, uh, this producer has worked on some of the best games of, of all time. And I would recommend if you are interested, just kind of go and, and check out this producer's work and just kind of be blown away of how many fantastic high quality games one person can work on in, in their career. And then, you know, it's one of those things where after Meg, excuse me, after Mad World kind of dropped off the map. I don't know if they're kind of worked into a more of a, a quieter producer role in the company or whatnot, but sometimes it just happens in Japan. They just kind of, you know, stop making games or at least they stop getting credit or they pick up a different role in the company, maybe management. That's always fun. Yeah, I'm not sure what he did exactly uh, after, I mean, he, he did Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins, which was amazing on the PSP. Um, apparently he was a consultant for Bionic Commando Real because he's, mm-hmm. uh, 
he's best known as the creator of uh, Ghosts and Goblins and all the uh, sequels and the creator of uh, Bionic Commando uh, and the director as well. So uh, he did also work on a lot of other games, a lot of Mega Man games. He acted as a producer uh, and Sweet Home, which uh, which mm-hmm. uh, was one of the main influences on Resident Evil um, and uh, almost all the NES Mega Man games he had a hand in which which is really uh, uh, amazing I, I didn't know that uh, it's, it's kind of new to me uh, I just always knew him as the uh, Ghost and Goblins guy but apparently he did a lot of other Mega Man related things even the Game Boy games yeah, he's come up a couple times on the show when we did uh, Mighty Final Fight and also uh, when we did, what was it? It was probably when we did uh, DuckTales uh, as well. And in Mega Man 3, like we're talking some of the best titles that were coming out of Capcom. Uh, he was a producer on, and uh, his, his history is actually rather interesting because he, he started at Konami in 1982, uh, left mm-hmm. Konami in 83, and then joined Capcom and then quit Capcom in 96 and uh, started his own company, uh, Whoopi Camp. And, you know, again, lots of consulting stuff. And then uh, established Deep Space, uh, the company, in 98, and then came back to Capcom in 05 and then began working on things like you, you mentioned before, Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins, uh, being a consultant on buying a Commander Rearmed and then finishing up with Mad World. But... Who knows? People in Japan in games development just disappear, and you have to kind of just have people like Mohammed to to pull them out <laughs> of the woods and get them some recognition again. Oh, um, yeah. So uh, along with that, of course, we have to mention the composer, uh, Mario Yamaguchi, and uh, this composer, oh, my God. Okay, so let, let's talk about... One of my favorite weird-ass ports, which is uh, Street Fighter II Champion Edition on the PC Engine, a game that is ridiculously impressive for the 8-bit hardware that it is, or like whatever you want to call it, like 12-bit hardware that it's on. It's really an 8-bit processor but in uh, and, and the, the hardware itself, but the, the soundtrack uh, for that game is really impressive when you think about what it's being run on. And I'm just like... I'm a huge fan of the PC Engine sound hardware. Like, I think it just sounds really great, whether it be, um, I, I mean, you can kind of almost name an, any kind of game on that platform that was on a cart. And you have some really fantastic soundtracks. Like, God, just I'm just going to say Blazing Lasers and any other kind of game that is a vertical shooter. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to have a, a great time with the soundtrack. Uh, also, uh, worked again, kind of brought back, like a lot of people were brought back for uh, Mega Man 10 uh, as a composer through Into Creates, and uh, lots of sound credits throughout the history of Capcom, including Super Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, UN Squ- Squadron, of which was, of co- course, Arcade and, and Super Nintendo, um, Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse, uh, Breath of Fire, Unfortunately, Final Fight 2, which, you know, some people, sometimes you just get put on projects. You can't do anything about it. Um, (laughs) And uh, again, it's kind of one of those composers where after uh, Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition on the PC Engine kind of disappeared until, um, you know, again, it was really great that Integrates brought back a lot of these old Mega Man composers from previous games to do tracks on 9 and 10, which was really rad. 
Yeah, she did the Sheep Man for Mega Man 10. And she also composed the Super uh, Ghouls and Ghosts on the Super Nintendo, Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, has a really good soundtrack. Uh, And uh, Mega Man 5, which is really uh, uh, probably the most underrated Mega Man soundtrack, just because a lot of people just write it off simply because it's different. It's it's, it's not... uh, usual heavy rock Mega Man stuff. It's, it's, it's more jazzy and even though Mega Man 3 is actually kind of jazzy as well people just for some reason think that Mega Man 5 has bad music which I disagree with. I actually used to think that. I, I didn't really like it a lot and it took me quite some time to warm up to the music but once you do it's just really really entertaining and different in a very good way. I cannot believe anyone would say that. I from I think from the get go, I don't I don't think there is a bad track on this whole soundtrack, and I don't even think there's a mediocre track. I think like there are tracks that I can pick out of even three and two and four and one and I haven't gotten a six yet, but we'll see what happens mm-hmm. when I play six. Um, like there there are tracks where I'm be like, yeah, like I don't like this isn't doing anything for me. I'm not really enjoying this. It's just it's background noise for the most part. But um, this soundtrack is. I think it's my favorite. It's the most well-rounded to me of mm. all the Mega Man games that I've played so far. Again, one through five up up into this point is it, definitely my favorite. It's the one that I go back to, like on iTunes when I'm listening to like m- music when I'm doing work. Like I always pull that up, and I'll pull up like the tracks that are included in the uh, Chiptune Rockman uh, mm-hmm. compilation as well uh, with all the remixes, and it's just. I don't know. It it just sounds. It, it is just a really fun soundtrack to be blasting away at, and it is. And they fixed a lot of the audio issues. Like they ran into a lot of is- audio issues with the charging in Mega Man mm-hmm. Four, like with mm-hmm. the charge shot. Like it would cut cut out channels, but they made some you know changes with how the sound effects worked. So you were able to you know if anything, just who who needs to hear the blaster charging? You can see mm-hmm. Me- Mega Man glowing. So. We will just kind of cut that out, and you can still hear the dope music. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other things in terms of the the history and the, the development stuff. Um, some interesting facts from the development. Uh, as with past entries in the series, uh, Kenji Inafune uh, used his experiences to guide his supervisors and the other team members. He did this in order to avoid making what he considered to be an, quote, unreasonable game, uh, an affront to the players. Uh, as a result of this leadership, Inafune felt Mega Man 5 turned out uh, with a lower difficulty level, uh, which, sure, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, uh, on a new direction, uh, Capcom, oh, excuse me, uh, Capcom held a contest in collaboration with Nintendo Power Magazine here in the States uh, requesting submissions for new villain characters. The eight robot master bosses in Mega Man 5 are, are a result of fans sending in their own designs to Capcom. Capcom received over 130,000 character submissions for the game. Inafune recounted having a difficult time getting approval on the chosen bosses, having had to reillustrate them several times. However, the artist had little trouble in designing Beat, uh, whose first draft was uh, accepted by Inafune's superiors. Um, I don't know if, if you added this uh, second part, Mohammed, or not. No, I just okay. uh, I just thought it was really interesting. No, uh, the idea of Beat originated in the development of Mega Man 3, where the concept uh, support robots included a dog and bird. The team chose to 
keep the dog character as Rush for this earlier game, while the bird would serve as, uh, as a basis for the character Beat in Mega Man 5, which I kind of never used. Um, again, we'll talk about that later. Um, I, I, do, I, I do use him a lot in the... Uh in the, in the Dark Man Castle and also the final boss. He's really useful. It totally makes sense when, when I kind of figure out that it was an option there, but I just didn't... Again, we'll save it for the other part. Um, yeah. uh, a small addition to Mega Man 5 that became a staple later uh, on was the Mega Tank. With a handful uh, of stages, the E-Tank with an M on it not only refills Mega Man's life points, but all the weapon energy as well. Uh, Mega Man can carry only one at a time with a side effect of making all other M-Tanks he runs into disappear uh, when he already has one. The late Wily stages have M-Tanks at or near the beginning of each level, negating the issue that weapons don't refill uh, mid-fortress with a quick pick-me-up. Which is totally cool. Like it, it's nice mm-hmm. that they they added that, but again, it kind of lowers the difficulty a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Later Mega Man games would change the uh, item's name to the Super Tank, and would mostly be available only within the game store for a high price, without having Wily keeping a half dozen just floating around to make things easy for his Blue Menace. And that last section uh, was from the Mega Man Five article on Hardcore Gaming One Hundred One Net. Surprise! I'm referencing. That awesome website uh, <laughs> again. So uh, again, we're we're in this kind of we're setting the stage of of getting Mega Man games every single year, and they're still pumping them out, and they're still pretty damn good. Uh, the last thing I wanted to mention, the reception for this game was still relatively high. A lot of the scores, like like the EGM scores, were in the like seven point seven fives, like eights, high sevens weren't getting uh, the tens or the perfect scores that original uh, like Mega Man 2 and 3 got and even 4 got pretty high review scores as well but now this game uh, the the series itself this game in particular was kind of just kind of reusing the same concepts from previous games and not really iterating on them too much it's the whole you know Madden NFL effect like how many changes can you really make to a game in one year when you have mm-hmm. to do everything else that is uh, involved so uh, Mohammed, I don't know if you had any anything else with the history. Otherwise, we can take a break and then we can go back to 1992. Yeah, let's do that. All right, let's power it up. Let's uh, power up the time machine. Here's some more music from Mega Man Five, and you're just going to start nodding your head and being like, "What? What's wrong with those buttheads that said the soundtrack wasn't good?" I know. Here's more music from Mega Man Five. To 1992. It's it's Christmas time. It's it's a beautiful time. Most people, you know, if you're really cool like me, you have a Super Nintendo now. So who cares about what's coming out on the NES? But not everyone was able to pick up a Super Nintendo or a Super Famicom. Not everyone wanted to move on to 16 bits. They did not get sucked into the Nintendo Power hype machine, and their parents are convinced after watching all those news reports 
that their kid does not need a new Nintendo. Why doesn't their old Nintendo play the new games? God, I mean, why, why isn't this, why isn't this working? Nintendo's going to fail as a company. So, mm-hmm. uh, 1992, I was all about Super Nintendo. I was all about Home Alone. I was all about Super Mario World. And I was all about Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Like, that is what we were playing in my household. And the NES was in a box in another room until we figured out what Funko Land was so we could trade this stuff in. Uh, So my first memories with Mega Man 5 did not come until emulation became a real big deal in the late nineties uh, when you could get a huge zip file of, of ROMs or you could just kind of download them even through dial up because they're a really small files. So um, I'll talk about that in a bit, but uh, Mohammed, were you still on the Mega Man train in, in 1992? Were you still keeping an eye out for Rockman games and things like that? Or did you play this, you know, far after that? Yeah. Uh, my first time playing Mega Man five was on the, uh, we virtual console. I never mm-hmm. had five. Uh, at home, we only had one through four, and uh, we liked them. I just, I mean, I was really uh, little that I didn't know that there uh, were Mega Man five and six games, uh, and I jumped. Did you from have a, a Famicom or an NES? Famicom. Okay. So, so you were importing uh, your games. I remember that. Okay. Yeah, and, and it was just that, uh, with the Super Nintendo, uh, we started bringing the American consoles, but with the Famicom, like the, all the shops, they just, they just, uh, sold uh, the Famicom, not the NES. Fascinating. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, um, and just because we didn't have any official presence, so the shops just, I don't know. I have no idea why they brought, uh, uh, the, Famicom instead of the NES and maybe it was cheaper, maybe there's something else. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really play Mega Man 5 until way later and through this time with the internet and everything, I kept seeing, uh, I kept reading people's impressions that Mega Man 5 and 6 are rushed, are uh, lazy, uh, are very easy and uh, don't have good music, don't have good level design. So I, I, I spent a lot of years just reading that before uh, playing the game for the first time, which is, uh, which I, I, I simply don't agree with. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was, if it was part to do with there just being a bunch of games coming out on the 16-bit consoles and everything else kind of behind that just seemed like really ancient. It just seemed really archaic at that point when you had so much more going on, the Super Nintendo and, you know, as well as the Sega Genesis. So uh, I think a lot of people just kind of moved on from the Mega Man series and didn't jump back on until Mega Man X came out on the Super Nintendo and Super Famicom. Yeah, and I think uh, I would say that context matters here because uh, I agree that probably if you played uh, one, two, three, four, so by the time you have five and six, which didn't have really a lot of uh, additions, they didn't shake up the formula much, they didn't do uh, anything new. Um, well, six did a little bit, but you might feel tired uh, the same way you might feel tired from any... Um, such franchise, uh, that's not the sports or I don't know, nowadays FPS. Right. Uh, and, um, when Mega Man X came out, it, it like the, the evolution made sense to a lot of people. I do like X. Uh, I like the first game. Uh, but 
at that time, when you finish from all those games, you just might get parted from like more of the same. But when, when, and, and this, this applies for any medium, whether it's, um, uh, books or, uh, movies or TV shows, when a lot of time has passed, you can then revisit the games uh, and look at them with a fresh perspective because right now, uh, like there's no, uh, th- there's no context to look into. You're just judging the games uh, as they are. Like, is, is the level design good? And how is the music and all of that? And I think uh, once people uh, started revisiting Mega Man 5, like years and years later, they slowly, uh, maybe a lot of them just changed their mind and, and realized that this was a good game back then. It just was um, lost in the shuffle of Mega Man games. Yeah, and I... I when I think about this and I think about like Mega Man uh, 5, I I remember even if you wanted to kind of go check that game out, that it was really hard to find. Um, they, they were not printing a ton of copies of Mega Man 5. And you could tell, you know, it sold so, so few copies that even to get Mega Man 6 to the United States, Nintendo had to publish it. Mm-hmm, exactly. so, so, you know, obviously when... You kind of thought, all right, well, maybe I'll pick this up used. Mega Man Five was a really expensive game to pick up used. It wasn't where you could get like Mega Man Two and Mega Man Three were were all over the place for you know five, six, eight dollars at your local used shops. Mega Man Five was still like thirty dollars, and that was mm-hmm. something that is is a real hard price to swallow when you could say, all right, well, I could spend this thirty dollars on a used copy of Mortal Kombat Two, or I can get mm-hmm. Mega Man Five. And as a kid with with very few or very limited funds and the the ability to only own a couple games at a time, you bet your ass you're going to pick up Mortal Kombat two on the Sega Genesis instead. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I I I mean that's why I think a lot of people miss it and, it, and it is great that we've been able to get some re-releases over the years. Those anniversary collections on the uh, two gens ago hardware were not super great. Um, it looks like the best out of them were. Uh, was I believe the PlayStation Two version, mm-hmm. um, but you also had like real weird, uh, like reverse button button remapping issues on mm-hmm. the GameCube version, which you can't change. Um, so, I I think a, a lot of people ended up picking these games back up when Mega Man Nine and Ten became like started like drumming up excitement for the franchise again, and then you could pick up these games on the virtual console uh, and later on you could eventually pick them up on the 3ds so mm-hmm. I don't know it's a it's a weird really weird uh, franchise and maybe what we'll do is we'll actually end up talking to uh, Phil in a couple seconds and you can hear a little bit about Phil's history Phil Theobald's history uh, with the game but that's all if I can get him in time before I have to post this episode um, so and, and anything else from kind of like you know, the when you started playing it, oh, I totally forgot to talk about my stuff. So uh, when when I was playing through this game, it was on Nesticle. Like I was a I was playing on Nesticle. A lot of times in school, we had networked computers and we had like our own uh, like folders on the network at school. This is in high school, which was kind of like amazing. Everyone had their own folder to keep all their documents in. You could access it from any computer on and uh, at the school. So I was always keeping my folder and this is weird like the teachers would go into our folder so you had to keep it like a couple 
a couple layers deep. So I would make like mm-hmm. a folder being like documents and then PowerPoints. And then I would do like science class or something like that. Then PowerPoint one. So I would put it a couple folders deep. So mm-hmm. like not at the top folder is uh, NES emulator or something like that. Uh, I made sure I kept it deep enough just to, just to make sure I could hide it from my teachers. And whenever you had a free block, you just jump up and go and go into the library and play some NES games and just jump around. But uh, the problem with the emulators is like as soon as you die, you just kind of go into a different game because you have so much choice and you don't really have to focus on 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 one game. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's let's take a, a quick break and what we'll do is we'll we'll come back and this is going to be the meaty segment. Uh, this is going to be uh, probably uh, Phil talking for a little bit and then we're also going to have. Uh, the media segment, which is what it's like to play this game in 2016, which I think is going to be a blast. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is great because when I was going back to 1992, my time machine stopped by a, a another phone booth and what walked out of that phone booth but Phil Theobald and his NES and his copy of Mega Man 5. Most excellent, dude. 69, dude. Yeah. Um, so I just recently watched both those movies back to back. It was oh. It's still a fantastic uh, two-parter and we're getting a third. I am so excited. Oh, God. I'm I so hope Alex excited. Winter can pull it off. He looks like he's a thousand years old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what my, my one hope for that uh, new Bill and Ted movie is? What? Is that uh, Bill, we find out that Bill has become a lawyer. That would be terrible. And I'm closing my window. <laughs> uh, no, that would that would be... I, I don't know. Well, I mean, they went on to save the world through rock and roll music. So, but but then he would actually be Bill S. Preston Esquire. Esquire. Mm. So you see what I'm doing there. I, I do see what you're doing. Um, I think it's worth the gag. And then maybe Ted went to kind of like lead like an army in World War Three, like his dad envisioned. <laughs> And then he ended up like nuking half the planet. Then they have to go back in time and stop all of it. I would imagine Ted is probably married to Missy at this point. Oh, gross! Dude. <laughs> Missy gets around. <laughs> this is this is. I mean, this isn't. This is kind of this 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 fits in context because 1992 would have been uh, right when we were getting Bogus Journey. So. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, this is when you probably would have been going back and renting Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure on on VHS to prep. For the yes. release of Bogus Journey, because you got to get ready. Exactly. Um, you be up on the fiction. You, you do. You do. It's it's very important stuff. And then you're also tuning in on Saturday morning and watching the short-run <laughs> animated series. Oh, man. That, that, was, that was some good stuff. Season one features the voices of uh, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. That's right. Yeah. So that was, that was about it. And George Carlin, if I remember correctly. 
Why not? I mean, they just got to get them in a booth. It's like for the Simpsons. Like, they just got to corral those people up for a couple hours and do the shows and give them exactly. $500,000 an episode. Yep. Um, and then we got, uh, at least so we can kind of, like, mold this into video games a little bit. Um, what are, what are the finest games on the NES? Like, what was not just uh, Mega Man 5, but also... In 1991, we got Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure from um, like like if you want to think of like top tier developers like today we think of like Infinity Ward and we're thinking of um, Naughty Dog and um, maybe even like I don't know who else whoever else makes good games the Persona Five team LJN like really brought yeah, of it of course of course. It just and in like multi platform stuff, like they brought that thing out on the Game Boy, the Atari <laughs> Lynx, and on the PC. So now actually uh the Atari Lynx was not an LJN joint. Oh, it I, wasn't. I I believe that was Atari themselves. You're totally right. It was actually developed and published by Atari because they were yes. I mean, they supported that platform quite well. Yeah. And uh what was it? The the Game Boy version was actually like a, a I believe some sort of like British PC game that had gotten a re- like a basically a reskin yep. to to change one of the characters into Abe Lincoln and such. Each level takes place on a single screen, uh, kind of like think Donkey Kong or your old uh, arcade games from the early '80s. Players must collect scattered time fragments while jumping platforms, <laughs> climbing ladders or ropes, and avoiding enemies because. This is a Game Boy game. All sprites are very simplistic, as both Bill and Ted have almost identical game sprites. In addition, enemies are only <laughs> differentiated by their actions. Nice. So, yeah, you know, like, really, really great stuff uh, from, from, from LJN, <laughs> like, even on the Game Boy platform. And Do, do I have... A, you know what? This is ridiculous. I have... No. The, the, way my, the way my desk is set up is I have <laughs> my... I have my old school black and white Game Boy collection literally no. right next to me. Let me see here. No. Do I have? Uh, let me see. Uh, Bart Simpson, Escape from Camp Deadly, <laughs> Batman, Battle Arena. To- yes. No. Bill and Ted's excellent Game Boy Adventure right here. Yep, that's right. Right in front of me. Right between Battle Arena Toshinden and Bionic Commando, and is the the Grim Reaper? Uh, oh yeah, so it was it was a mix of Excellent Adventure and A Bogus Journey. Yes, wow, that is true. Harnessing both uh, both movies for one game. Yeah, on the cartridge, uh, the main image on the cartridge is the main image from the first movie poster with the the two on the phone booth carrying Lincoln and Socrates and Napoleon, and then there mm-hmm. are little bubbles scattered around featuring the Grim Reaper and the evil robot Uses and yep. uh, Bill's grandma. And then looks like a big crowd of people or something. So, yeah, the, that's uh, that's some great that's some great Photoshop work. Well, <laughs> this is sitting out right next to me, uh, ready to pop into a Game Boy when we are finished recording. Great. I mean, I mean that's that's probably what we're going to do next episode anyway. So I'm going to go to eBay and track down a copy once this is done, so we can. I mean, we want to cover the best games on the show. Well, exactly. So Mega Man Five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this yes. is totally a Phil episode. 
<laughs> and to be fair, I did not start this tangent. No, you didn't. That, that, no. That's that's totally correct. But um, the, the the thing is, and the reason why we brought this up is you guys are already listening to this, but um, I talked to, to Mohammed uh, earlier, and now we are talking to Phil, but we've, uh, we're still in 1992, and we're still talking about Mega Man 5. And I, and I wanted to ask you, because you, as someone that was also on the Mega Man 4 episode and has an, an incredible uh, passion for the Mega Man and Rakuman franchises, um, yes. did, did you, did you, were you on to the Super Nintendo or were you just holding on to that NES and saying, I'm going to wait till all six of these Mega Man games come out? Well, uh, by this point, uh, let's see, this would be, uh, I, I guess, December 92. Correct. This came yeah. out. This came out, so I would have been uh, a senior in high school this year. Uh, I did indeed have a Super Nintendo at this point. I also had my Sega Genesis, but I still had my NES. I still had it hooked up. I still played it uh, very regularly. Mm -hmm. And now, to be fair, I certainly wasn't buying many games at this point for the NES, but when a new Mega Man game comes out, a new Mega Man game comes out, so... You know, I may not have, uh, I may have been uh, on to SNES at this point, but I was still on the Mega Man. So, so you had to have so, it. So this was a day one purchase for me back in the day. Were you working at this time? Were you working at a, like a game store or anything like that? I was working at Babbage's. Right. Yes. Oh God. Which uh, these days is known as as GameStop. Uh, there yeah. are various purchases and mergers and things like that throughout the years. Uh, but yes, the company that used to be Babbage's is now GameStop. Well, well, let me ask you because I, I mean, coincidentally, I brought up Funko Land when I was talking with Mohammed oh. because um, I was also on to the Super Nintendo and the uh, getting close to having a Sega Genesis at that time, and I didn't want that eight bit crap. I wanted sixteen bits. <laughs> I wanted like gigantic sprites, and I wanted sweet, you know drums and uh, oh, guitars yeah. on the Super Nintendo. So uh, as someone that was working retail at the time, do you have any memory of how well this sold? Because I remember it uh, being pretty rare pretty quickly. So even if I did, like when I ended up going back to like some NES stuff, when, you know, like Super Nintendo, maybe it was like 95, 96, 97, when Fug Clan still had NES games, like mm, Mega yeah. Man 5 was expensive. It was hard to find. Yeah, it was it was one where you know, we probably got one or two shipments of it in, and certainly not, you know, maybe maybe half a dozen copies each time. No midnight launch for Mega Man Five. <laughs> no, there, there it was a it was a very subdued, very subdued launch for that. That's that's a that's a bummer, and that's a, you know, of course, I mentioned the other segment, but uh, it lead, led to Nintendo having to publish Mega Man Six. Yep, to even get it out here in the states, which is. Yeah. A sign of other things that happened. Yeah, that's that was still pretty crazy. That Capcom, there is a N Mega Man game that Capcom did not publish here in the states, well, like, you, a, like a mainline one, and right. not a goofy spinoff or something. I mean, not like they even published Mega Man Soccer, which I know it's a good game. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm Wait, just Meg, saying, Meg, Meg, Mega Man Soccer. Yeah, it's good, a good game, good, right? Good, 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 good game. I, I don't know. I, I haven't really played it that much. No, it's not very good. <laughs> okay, sorry. No, it's it's not very good. Don't worry. That's okay. Um, Mega Man and the Super Nintendo uh, is not something. Those things did not mix for me very very well. But uh, that's that's for another discussion. Um, but okay, so you ended up picking it up when it came out. 
what, what did you think? Like, were you already kind of being spoiled by the lifelike graphics of the 16-bit era? No, you know, I was I was actually pretty uh, pretty open to the NES. Still, I, I mean, I'm I'm a big NES nerd at this point in my life, and and I I never I never kind of turned into a graphics whore uh, when it comes to to video games. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was I was still playing and enjoying my my NES games just as much as as the uh, the SNES and Genesis games. Yeah, obviously knowing that when I play Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, it's going to look a lot better than Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project. <laughs> but but still being able to appreciate both uh, both games for what they are. And, uh, you know, at that point, um, now I'm trying to remember, was Mega Man X out at this point? Uh, Mega Man X, I believe, was 1993. Okay, so we're we're still a little bit away Probably a couple months away from from X three at this point. Yeah, so. it was December nineteen ninety three in the states. Oh, okay. So we're about a year, mm-hmm. a year about a year out from from uh, X. So you know, there at that that point there was no sixteen bit version of Mega Man, mm-hmm. and it, I, I do remember at the time everyone thought it was kind of odd that boy, it's strange that that Capcom is sticking with the NES for uh, for the Mega Man series instead of moving on to the to the SNES. But I was just, you know, I, I was a huge Mega Man fan, at, you know, even at the time. So I was just excited to have yet another, at this point, what was pretty much a yearly entry in the series to play on any system, well, you know, I mean, whether it's 16 or 8 or whatever. Right. I mean, that, I, I mean, I think one of the big reasons, and it is kind of... Uh, you know, something that makes sense is that at that time there were what, like 40 million NESs in the United oh, States yeah. still. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, many of them might have been like at used shops or maybe have just like had that 72 pin adapter die on them. But uh, <laughs> there were still plenty of uh, consoles out there and it still sold, you know, still sold better than even the Super Nintendo did. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, Wikipedia. Who yeah. knows? Um, yeah. Oh, what was I going to? And it's crazy that you brought up. Uh, Manhattan Project and Turtles in Time because I talked with Kurt Collada about that for like half an hour last night. Oh, nice. Um, because, yeah, those games are red. Um, so, I mean, what did you think? You're coming off of 4 from, from a year ago and 4, you know, maybe not the best Mega Man game and then you're still seeing something that has sim- a similar graphic style. They're not taking tons of risks with the the game itself. How did it hold up for you as a, as a game that you're buying, you know, like an NES game in 1992? Well, you know, at that point, like I said, the the Mega Man games were pretty much a yearly a yearly franchise at this point. Yeah, it was the the Assassin's Creed of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and so yeah, at at that point, I know there there again, there was a lot of talk in the the video game magazines and amongst uh, some fans that the series was getting a little long in the tooth and and certainly not as inspired as it was back in the time of of you know Mega Man two or three mm-hmm. but you know at the time i was I was again so into the series and just the aesthetic of it. I had no complaints about it i you know obviously was you know didn't think it was as good as 
some of those earlier entries, like two or three. But still, I I really appreciated it. I uh, I did think that the music was not as memorable mm-hmm. as as the earlier entries. I you know what for the life of me, I could not hum you a a tune from from Mega Man Five, and I played it. <laughs> I played it recently. And do, you, and do you think like part of that is because you just played two and three that much more, or was it just because mm. they, they weren't as like catchy, poppy, you know, tracks? You know what? Uh never really thought about it like that. I mean it's it seems obvious to think about it that way, but I it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I I think I mean Muhammad brought up the the I guess the the observation that it, it's a much more jazzy sounding yeah. uh, game than the the previous entries. So uh, a lot of people seem to be turned off uh, by that. I mean, me, me personally, I know it's you guys already heard or you will hear me talk about it in a little bit. But um, I I absolutely love this soundtrack. It might actually be the one mainly because I've heard two and three so much and one so much as well. Mm-hmm. But uh like even today playing playing uh music while I'm working and stuff like that I like to listen to video game music there's no words in it and I'm like constantly playing the Mega Man 5 soundtrack I think it's just oh, like wow. it's badass okay I need to uh you know I should sit down load it up on my on my phone and and give it a listen while I'm driving to work or something like that I I mean the Capcom has done a great job of getting all these Mega Man soundtracks on uh on that's actually they're all free well not free but if you have apple music that their monthly subscription service they actually that is part of their subscription service oh really um yeah if you get um if you just want to like go through itunes they also have each of the game soundtracks individually and how they did how they broke it up and i probably mentioned this in four but they broke them uh the soundtracks up just like they did the discs in the rockman box set in japan Mm. so you not cool. only get like the eight bit versions, but then you get like the really terrible like range <laughs> versions that they use for the PS one games. Oh um, yeah, but I mean it's it's ten dollars, so you're still getting like all the sound effects, or you could even just like load up your legacy collection and go to the sound test menu, and if you want to, just rip it off there or something like that. Nice. But yeah, that's a uh, yeah. It's still uh, ten dollars if you just go on iTunes, uh, search for that, and it looks like it. Yeah, it's still part of Apple Music. If you're an Apple Music subscriber, say, "Hey Siri, play Mega Man soundtrack volume five. Oh, Hopefully that works nice. for someone. Um, <laughs> oh my god! What did you hear that? No. Hey Siri, never works on my phone, and it just turned on my phone. It never really? works. Records when I'm. It does it when I'm recording a podcast, but it never ever works. I'm sorry. So I get that's my fault, and that I deserve that. Did did it start playing the soundtrack for you? No, it said I do not understand that. Like ninety nine percent of the things that you ask your iPhone to do, because Siri is not very good. Um, okay, so I mean, we we had uh, obviously the the same kind of setup for for this game. You had your eight uh, main characters that you're going up against you have to figure out why proto man has abducted uh (laughs) dr light like why would he want to do something as crazy as that when you guys were now best buds after four and three so uh you need to fight through all those those bosses are any of those like memorable to to you i mean it's it is kind of like uh 
we, we talked in the history portion, like these boss designs and these names actually came from a Nintendo power contest. I don't know if you got, got in on that. Did you submit your names? I did not. No, I, I, uh, I, I had to sit that one, uh, and just watch it from the sidelines. Yeah. You don't want, I mean, just too nervous to meet K, uh, KG and Afune. I was not, uh, I was not that confident in my abilities at the time. No, oh, you, you, you weren't confident <laughs> to come up with the, 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 the incredibly <laughs> complex boss names of, yeah. uh, Mega Man five, like wave man, <laughs> wave man. Yeah. I can't, I can't compete with that. Who am okay. I? Okay. Yeah. No, that that's, uh, that's, I, okay. I'm, I'm cool with that. I mean, maybe the, the more complex, like stone man, that was a real tough yeah. one. I mean, the yeah. kids, yeah. the kids were really digging deep for that one. Those are the, uh, you know, the kids that had solid, uh, you know, scholastic book order submissions <laughs> because they were well-read, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Mega Man five, you have those like original eight, uh, characters that you're going up against, but then you get your, your next two sections of uh, areas with Proto Man and the the Wily stages. Um, I mean, it, what what did you think of the game back then? Did you think it was something that was better than four? Were they on an upward trend, or was it just kind of like, yeah, this is just more? Yeah, it, honestly, that one felt like more of the same at that mm, point. Which yeah. you know, again. I, I remember people complaining about it back in the day. Some of the magazines kind of giving it uh, a bit of crap about just being the same same thing. Um, but you know what? Honestly, at that point, uh, that's exactly what I wanted from a Mega Man game. I, I was right. totally caught in that you know, yearly franchise mode where it's like I just I want to sit down. I want to play another Mega Man game. I want some cool bosses which you know there are some in this game mm-hmm. some yeah. some kind of lame ones but some pretty cool ones uh, i want some cool music i want uh you know just a bunch of crazy weapons and yeah you know this this had the uh the, the finding the letters of of beat the the little bird mm-hmm. and so you know that was a nice little uh feature in the game i, I never thought. knew about that until we recorded this episode Oh really? Yeah, I, I I totally I totally missed that throughout the game, and I also oh, wow. like played through this game initially the the Japanese version. So if there were ever any instructions, I didn't get them, and I replayed through it on the NES for this, or at least the NES version for for this episode, and I still just completely didn't see it. And now, can I tell you something that's really rad and has nothing to do with this? Um, What's that? Like I was looking uh, at scores for this game, and I just realized that there are local libraries near me that actually carry back issues of Nintendo Power, like from really 1992. Oh wow, that is so cool. That is awesome. Uh, because I'm like, oh yeah, like I want to see if they Wikipedia has the actual you know review from Nintendo Power when they give it a three point. Eight two five, which I don't know what the hell that is. Um, I, I I think they actually had some kind of like aggregate, like they had some kind of yeah, it had to have been like equation uh, to to figure that stuff out back then because yeah. their their scoring was super weird and um, yeah, like even near me, like in Peabody, they have have cop they have this thing on file and you can reserve it. That's awesome! Wow, you thank you. Check that out. I actually I probably should. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Anyways, uh, 
So, I mean, you you had kind of like your same kind of formula. Uh, you said Assassin's Creed. I would kind of say even more so it's like, you know, you're, it's the, the people that kind of, the, the rare person that plays Call of Duty for the single player, like they want their four-hour oh, yeah. campaign. Right. Um, you know, for you, this was kind of like your, like what, two-hour campaign or three-hour campaign, maybe if you had some difficulty? Uh, yeah, I mean, back in the day, I, I, I do not remember how how long it took me to beat these, but you know, the Mega Man games are relatively tough. So this could have been a, a five, six hour thing. If I was, cause you know, keep in mind at that point, there was no internet. So things like boss order and that sort of thing was, was all experimental. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd, you'd play through a game and you'd spend half an hour or so getting to the boss. And then after fighting the boss a few times, realizing oh, I, cannot beat this guy without right. a different weapon. So then it just turns into, well, let's see, which stage can I go to next? And then hope that, you know, can I beat this boss with the regular weapon? So you, you end up playing through the stages like two or three times sometimes just to figure out the boss order. Yeah, Prod- so. Prodigy did not have a games facts like <laughs> channel. You you had no ability to, to log on it. Like you could download Jill the Jungle on Shareware and Prodigy, but that's kind of about it. That's all exactly. I was doing. Exactly. Uh, some interesting quotes from, and this is stuff that I didn't bring up in the other segment, but uh, this is there. There was some negative reception for this game. Um, game Pro um, summarized the game as quote deja vu all over over excuse me, deja vu all over again for disciples of the series. Uh, and goes on to say, uh, quote, Capcom must get some kind of cash rebate for recycling video games. Wow. Ooh. That's some sharp writing. Hurtful words. Uh, and uh, another super fan, uh, Jeremy Parrish of 1UP, I guess he was doing kind of a retrospective on the game. I uh, was quoted as saying a, a painful phoned in episode lacking not only innovation, but pretty much all the polish and balance that made the in- earlier games so enjoyable. And that sentiment is actually kind of something that a, a lot of people, like I guess a lot of hardcore fans do, um, they, they all kind of do have. But for, for me, who's only played through the game, you know, two and a half times, I still am having a lot of fun playing that game. It's still a blast. Yeah, that seems a little harsh. I mean, it's it's certainly not as good or as polished as something like Mega Man Two, which was as you know, very famously, uh, it was a a labor of love style game. Mm-hmm. And this is more of a let's get another product out this year. But I mean, there are some bad NES games. There's some bad Mega Man games too. Yeah, and this is not one of them. <laughs> No, go it's, go it's, pick up like Mega Man One on the Game Boy. Go play that. <laughs> Have some fun. Oh man, or Mega Man Two on Game Boy for that matter. That's true. At least it sounded really good. Um, yeah, that's true. So maybe what we'll do is we'll we'll take a quick break and then we'll kind of talk about some fresh impressions of Mega Man Five. Does that sound good? Cool. All right, let's uh, let's do that. And here is more music for Mega Man Five.
rest of the show, I want to take a second to thank you, especially if you're a Patreon supporter, at patreon.com slash play. Right now, there's 82 people that are saying, hey, we think the show is so great that we're going to help you produce it by making a financial contribution. Now, going back to a weekly format, this is more important than ever. There's really superstars out there like uh, Brian Barr. I hope I got your name right, Brian. $5 per episode, a total of $60 over the course of the contributions. People like Kyle Thompson, $2 per episode, $65 over the course of his support of the show. There's absolute superstars out there as well. There's like Martin Hollis, just jumped on at $5 per episode. Martin, you don't know how much that's going to help. All this money is going to helping me set aside the time to do interviews, to do shows, to make sure that this show can go on a weekly basis and I can deliver to you every single week. Right now, for this show, there is no sponsorship, so your contribution through Patreon is where I'm going to get most of the support. So thank you to everyone out there that is helping out in making this show possible. Nick F., $3 per episode at $39 right now. There's just a a great group of people that are really helping me out. Uh, Camel Pope, username, $2 per episode. Total contributions, $142. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are the people that are helping me do this show. It means so much when I see a new email saying, hey, someone just like signed up for a $2 contribution. You know how much that means? You know how much that means to someone that's producing this content? It means the world. Thank you so much to everyone out there. Brad, $2 per episode. Joe Hogson, $1 per episode. Just jumped on, just joined. This is going to be the first episode that he's supporting. Thank you so much, Joe. And people like Jason Williams, just jumped on, dollar per episode. Thank you guys so much for all your support. And if you can't support the show through Patreon, you can also do it by just buying stuff on Amazon.com. Go to FitCast.network, click on the Amazon button in the upper right-hand corner, then go back to Amazon and buy your stuff. You can make a small contribution by doing that. It's one extra step. Even make it easier. Some people have said that they bookmark that. So whenever they go do shopping on Amazon, they just click on that bookmark and a little bit goes back to Back in My Play and the FitCast Network. Thank you so much to everyone that is helping me continue to make this show. I love doing it. It takes a lot of time and effort, but it means even more when I get to see people and see those emails and say, hey, someone's just jumped on $1 per episode, $2 per episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot say thank you enough. Let's get back to the show. We made it all the way back to 2016, and wow, there's so many great ways to play this game. Although, of course, I played it on my AV Famicom hooked up to my Commodore 64 monitor because that's the only way I can really play stuff for this show. Um, Mm -hmm. But... God, I, I think this is going to be our, our testimony of, of why this game should be played today and why you should give it a, a really honest uh, look and the, the time to, to play through it. And maybe uh, the, the, the best argument that I can make for it, or maybe the best like rationalization is that this game is not, uh, it's not 1992 hard. It's not even like 1990 hard. It's kind of almost made in the uh like knowing that people are going to get really frustrated with hard difficulties and like we mentioned before in the history yeah it's it's not a super difficult game uh especially when you get to the uh wily stages and 
I guess it would have, yeah, it would have just been like the Wily stages and some of the Darkman stages. You mm-hmm. like mostly get like an E tank right at the start of the level, and there's the ability to, like previous games, kill yourself three times and then respawn at the start of the level, grab another E tank, and those E tanks carry over on those continues. So you can just stock up on E tanks and. You know, the easiest way to stock up on E-Tanks, starting from Mega Man 4, is... Do you know this little red guy that looks like a box that sometimes pops up and uh, yeah. gives you an item? Drops me items. Yeah. Uh, don't get an item that you don't like. Like, just, for example, uh, go down the ladder and then go up again. The screen would refresh. And if you didn't pick up the item, oh. he's going <laughs> to drop another like randomized item i usually do this and collect like eight tanks even though i don't need them like i i don't use tanks but it's just fun to do that yeah you gotta Uh, stock up for the apocalypse yeah exactly so even even if you're struggling with a Mega Man game if you think you're not good you can just do this and just make it a little bit easier oh my god that's actually uh yeah i mean if if you want to make it difficult you don't have to do that stuff but um even with just not doing that it's it's still not a very difficult game uh minus some places where you know you may get you know one hit kills by falling into pits or or hitting spikes and things like that still you know dr light needs to figure out how Mega Man can survive some spikes because he just has (laughs) constant trouble with that throughout the history of the series um (laughs) he could could really you know devote some of that r&d cash into you know anti-spike technology for his suit but um with, with this game, uh, you get your same kind of introduction uh, set up. You, you get to a menu, and you have access to eight stages that you can pick from. Uh, from there, it has the same kind of setup where you can f- go from boss to boss to boss and go in a specific order where the previous boss that you fought will have a very strong weapon or will work against the weakness of the next boss that comes up. It is the Mega Man formula that is tried and true. It's been working for decades. Why stop? Uh, I guess it was only for about five years at that point, but you know it's been working so well. Let's continue to do it, and you know with, with this game, uh, as I mentioned before, the difficulty. I actually uh, only used the weakness for the boss once throughout the the whole game. I actually have a lot of fun. I have a lot. I find it to be more enjoyable if I'm just using the charge shot, and it makes me mm. kind of learn the patterns of the bosses like i love that's right i love being able to learn the patterns and like being able to you know slide underneath them or jump over them or like get the timing perfect like that is when it is the most tense not when you just walk up to them with what they're weak against and then spam the b button or the a Mm -hmm. button until they they die i think with Mega Man 5 this was uh the first instance where uh, almost all the bosses are really easy to kill with just the Mega Buster because yeah. with previous games usually you would have one or two bosses that are really extremely easy to kill uh, and even up to Mega Man 9 and 10 with 9 I remember it was Gravity Man uh, Galaxy Man that was the easiest and for 10 it was Sheep Man for mm-hmm. me um, uh, but with this game like Gyro Man to me, is really easy. A gravity Man, Crystal Man, uh, almost like Charge Man, Star Man. Like almost all of them are really easy. And uh, I think, uh, like uh, usually with Mega Man, the levels would be a little bit challenging. And then with the boss, usually you would just think, okay, if I have the weapon, I will win easily. If I don't, I will probably just uh, lose all my lives, just because the bosses are usually really. Uh, 
challenging if you don't have the weapon and you're facing them for the first time. But with Mega Man 5, it was, it was the case that all of them were really not that challenging. But even then, it was fun for me because uh, when I play, for example, Mega Man 9, my mind is just programmed in a way that tells me, okay, just go to Galaxy Man right away. And, <laughs> and then I would just follow the order mm-hmm. because uh, 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 doing it any other way would be stepping out of my comfort zone, even though I, I know how to uh, how to fight them all. But I find Galaxy Man the easiest by by far. Or even with Mega Man 4. Uh, 9 is, is a game that I can start from anywhere. But with 4, uh, I'm not very good at the game. So usually I would just start at Toad Man because he's the easiest boss. And then just work my way up. But with 5, like every single time I play, sometimes I would start with Gyro Man, sometimes with uh, Gravity Man or Charge Man, just because uh, whenever I look at the screen, I just realize, okay, like, a lot of these are just really easy and I'm just going to start with whatever makes sense to me. And I, I, I think I like that. And, um, and also it's, it's, it's not a bad thing to, to have easy bosses. I think, uh, uh, if, if, if you're playing a level and it's, it's a good enough challenge, then I, I wouldn't count a boss, uh, being too easy as, uh, as a big negative point for me in the Mega Man game. And I, I totally forgot that we glossed over this because I pulled it up and I even pulled up my stupid 3DS before we started the show because I wanted mm-hmm. to mention this. But um, I love the the advertisement that we had here in the United States, like the the advertisement that you saw in mag, uh, magazines and, and mm-hmm. posters and stuff like that. Uh, help Mega Man turn Proto Man into spare parts. Proto Man's, uh, Proto Man's got Dr. Light, but Mega Man is back, ready to put some... Heavy pedal to the metal to defend Stone Man, or excuse me, defeat Stone Man, Gyro Man, Star Man, Wave Man, Charge Man, and other robotic goons. Use his Mega Buster and Super Arrow to make it to the castle and put Proto Man on the scrap heap forever. Man, they're just throwing like <laughs> yeah. Proto Man under the bus. They're just eating up what yeah. Dr. Wily is, is given to them. And we'll talk about why that may not be. Uh, truthful in a second but this is coming from the um again the the the, the 3ds and I'm, I'm guessing it's the same on the xbox one and playstation 4 and all the other consoles but uh the Mega Man legacy collection has just a a treasure trove of artwork and documents uh, like development documents and promotional documents and uh, manuals and everything like from the games it's it's really ridiculous frank savaldi kicks some ass uh putting this thing together so uh again another reason i picked that up just to kind of ha- like look through all this stuff like you can just spend time listening to Mega Man music and kind of going through all this artwork and it is mm-hmm. rather fascinating to to go through it all but um okay so we have like your kind of standard setup and we we do have some new enemies throughout these eight levels um but you mentioned before like oh for for the most part like it's pretty easy going and i mentioned this a little bit on the the episode that i think i did with um or maybe i didn't mention maybe i'm just like thinking this stuff and i don't say it but like i am getting really good at 8-bit games like i'm really good at castlevania games like i flew through this game like these games i've kind of mastered the mechanics because they're very similar from game to game in the franchise and like my reactions, my eight bit and sixteen bit reactions are at the top of their game, like better than they've ever been, and it it, it just makes you feel like almost like Neo in the Matrix when you feel like you're controlling everything and you can kind of understand everything that's coming at you, dodging things, sliding under, you know, enemies as they jump up, and then having that charge shot ready and just hitting it at the right time. 
and I think a big part of this is just like I've been playing the stuff on a CRT for for a long time now. Um, I, I never really thought it made that much of a difference, but I've definitely kind of I'm kind of thinking that these days. Uh, so it is kind of good to have a nice 13 inch CRT on your desk if you if mm-hmm. you can. Um, and there's still plenty of enemies throughout the game that are that are super interesting. Like there is like the big mother hen that's uh, hat like giving birth to chickens, which is a really great place to farm for one ups or mm-hmm. uh, power ups. Um, the the one stage that I thought kind of like was really cheap was Crystal Man though because when you're when you're going to the Crystal Man stages, there are there are things that are falling from the ceiling. There's crystals that fall from the ceiling right into pits. So if you hit those things that are falling from the ceiling and it's like a constant thing, like they're just constantly coming. Uh, and you know, if you get hit that thing, it kind of pushes you back. So you fall into the pit and die. Um, and there is like no pattern with that. Like I tried figuring out if there's like a pattern, like I tried jumping to make it like, make it uh spawn. And then I would jump back mm-hmm. and then jump right back onto the platform. There was really no way to do it without Starman's power up, which would just like absorb that attack. And it was like a shield that goes around you kind of like, uh, kind of like Woodman from Mega Man two. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was, that is of- one way. That is one way to avoid that. And I agree. Uh, this section used to really annoy me. Uh, and even now that I know how to, um, uh, just just uh, uh, finish it without a problem. It's still annoying when I die in the middle of the stage and I have to do that. But if you look closely, you'll see that those gems that are falling or maybe those crystals that are falling from uh, the ceiling, they fall in like, uh, like in one second interval. So one would fall and then the second would fall after a second and then the third one would fall after a second. And sometimes it would, miss the count so sometimes if, if you just if you right. just look you will see that it's dropping 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 and then you would think that it would drop but it stops and then at that moment when you realize that okay uh like it, there's nothing you can jump but even then it's 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 annoying because if you jump a little bit too late then you'll be hit and you will fall down it's it's but, a bummer because that's like one of the things that you get in terms of like enjoyment is learning the patterns and being able to, you know, jump through things when it's just random stuff like that, like that is when it feels unfair. And it's just, that's when you're, Oh my God, I just got to figure out how to get through this part. And that Starman, you know, power is kind of like the yeah. only way I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, another stage that I wanted to talk about uh, was charge man stage. Like we won't go out through every stage because that's going to take us forever, but you no, know, like the, the stages that really sit out um, charge man stage, which is a, um, a train, basically. Yeah, which is, I mean, you're going up against uh, metalheads that are driving miniature trains and stuff. I just love uh, that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very, very cute uh, art design. But yeah, you're kind of, the, the stage is like a train. So you're kind of going through the cars of the, the train. You're on top of it, and then you go inside it, and then you finally face the boss, which is a big, uh, not a big, it's, you know, it's a it's a guy that looks like a train. Small train. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, and- one thing interesting about this level is that, as far as I remember, this is the only Mega Man game uh, in the classic series where sometimes it would like fall from like the top of the screen to the bottom, and you would expect a transition, like how Mega Man screens transition to to a new stage, but it would just fade out and then fade in and, and put you in a new spot. So uh, it, it doesn't feel that it's connected. I think it happens twice or three times in the stage where you fall down, 
and that's it like you don't see Mega Man in his falling down animation and the screen right. going down slowly it's just like a fade fade out and then fade in again and you play a new a new uh segment of the stage and then there there's some cool uh stages as well like one that is uh based off uh, a gyro man stage which you know has your stereotypical elevator section mm-hmm. in, a, in like a beat em up, but it's kind of weird to see it in a Mega Man game. And, uh, you know, there's multiple stages where you'll have kind of like the falling ceiling or, you know, kind of like the bottom of the screen is going up and then like mm-hmm. the top is coming down and then you have to avoid spikes by sliding and like nailing the timing and all that stuff. And you even see that in, I think it is, it might have been, I think it's in Dark Man stage four. Um, where you have to remove like the supports by using your blaster yeah. you have to make sure you do it at like the right time, otherwise you're gonna get crushed. And, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's, it definitely adds some some variety. I mean, there was nothing uh, like super major that that stands out with with a lot of this stuff, but um, I, I mean, it's still fun. Like, it's it, even if it isn't like groundbreaking stuff, even even if it is like another Mega Man game, it's still it's like maybe it's kind of like. What's the best way I can put this? It is like, uh, uh, what's like a movie franchise that we've had a ton of? It, it's like, it's like another Fast and Furious movie. Like you kind of know the formula. There's going to be fast cars. There's going to be great action. There's going to be some, you know, okay or decent to to above average acting, probably closer to decent. And there's going to be a good soundtrack. And you know what you're kind of getting into. And same thing with this game. Like it's not going to be anything really groundbreaking, but um, which don't get me wrong those fast and furious movies are always groundbreaking but these uh, are there's still a lot of fun to just kind of hang out and play through it and like listen to great new music and, and go through some you know cool boss stages and by the way gravity man is is one of my all-time favorite Mega Man stages just because it, it's not a difficult stage but it has a really cool gimmick which is basically you walk up and then you see um, an arrow pointing up. And as soon as you cross that section with the arrow, you just uh, play in an inverted position. You you walk up to the ceiling and you you, you control Mega Man uh, in an upside uh, way. And it's really interesting. And, and uh, you know who stole level, that, right? You know, from you where? Know, yeah. Miyamoto stole that for Super Mario Galaxy. Oh uh, yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, uh, it's it's a really fantastic uh, level. And what I liked is that they don't just do it for a small portion of the stage, but it's like the whole stage plays that way. Mm-hmm. Where sometimes you would control Mega Man on the ground, sometimes you would control him on the ceiling, and uh, the the level design and the enemies are placed in such a way that makes it really entertaining and fun to just uh, uh, work your way through the level and up to the boss like you you fight him and uh, uh he inverts the like usually he would walk up on the ceiling and you would be on the ground and then he would like uh uh i don't know uh, that's something that would invert the position so he would fall down and you would go up and, and you you would have a small window to attack him in that position and i really love that a lot and uh this is also the case with starman where uh you know, just from the name star, which means you're in space and uh, you have a really long jump. It's, it's basically like Mega Man uh, in the water. You have a very long jump and you play through the whole level that way. Like your jump is uh, uh, big uh, throughout the whole level and up until the boss. And I think these little gimmicks are really just entertaining because uh 
where Mega Man 5 lacks in difficulty, it just puts a lot of fun uh, level design and, uh, and fun design in general that it's just really delightful to play, uh, regardless of the difficulty. Yeah, and I, I, another game that I can relate it to is uh, Metal Storm, like that first level in, in Metal Storm uh, on the on the NES and the the Famicom. If you haven't, go back and, and, and listen to the episode on Metal Storm. It's a, an incredible IREM like mech game with an awesome, super effing fantastic soundtrack, like like badass from start to finish. Um, go go and check that out. It's a great episode to catch up on. And if you can find a copy, it's like $100. Now it's super expensive, but uh, I'm sure there's ways that you can figure it out with the internet. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, that was uh, something that I wrote down as well. I wrote down kind of like Metal Storm and, and Mario Galaxy. Um, and it was probably, I wrote literally wrote down the best stage <laughs> in the game. I don't know why I glossed over that. Although Easy Boss with just... Uh, nailing down the timing because the boss is flipping from the ceiling to the the floor and it kind of like makes you and him flip-flop positions when he does it so you kind of have to just nail the timing so you kind of meet up right in the middle of the screen you have to let go of that chart shot and then dodge him and stuff it is that is a really really fun boss battle it's not complex but it's just like again you're kind of like nailing down the timing and you just feel really cool going Mm -hmm. through all that stuff so uh when you get through those eight bosses, surprise, guess what? There's going to be some more stages after that. So um, that is when you have to go into the, the Darkman stages, which are actually quite long. They're very big stages. And yeah. um, at the end, you're going to face a, a, a boss at the end. And even like these bosses, like they were cool and they were interesting, but there were nothing like nothing really groundbreaking like these are just the stages that know all right well i know what items Mega Man has now so i can have the the layout be a little bit different by requiring to him have him like uh you know jet for a couple different things or at least i know what he's going to have in terms of uh items going through stuff but um i don't know if there are any bosses for you that stood out on on those stages i really like the um stage two boss dark man two where he has like uh, a force field on each side and he has a blaster mm-hmm. and like that force field shoots out and you have to jump over the force field let go of the blast and then you have to jump back over it as it comes back into him mm-hmm. um and again it's not not like difficult but it's just kind of fun it's it, it feels good to do it <laughs> yeah i think what made uh some people i mean with the dark man stages i think it's it's where you can see uh that like okay was the game rushed or did the designers really wanted to make this this kind of design because right. uh, uh the levels are good i like them i enjoy them but the bosses are all the same like they're all this uh um uh machine uh that uh, the only difference between between them and in each Darkman stage is that uh, I think the first machine uh, doesn't have legs, uh, like only like some tank. Uh, yes, like it, uh, it is, is it, it is a tank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it is a tank. And, and the Darkman stage two, the boss is like the exact same head, but he has legs instead. And uh, mm-hmm. the first boss, uh, like what it does is that when you shoot the boss, it will shoot back and that's it. Like it would not do anything else. If you shoot, it would shoot at exactly the same time. And with the second boss, it, he would just uh, uh, walk around with the shield and you have to find the sweet spot to hit him. And just like you say, every now, every now and then he would uh, uh, throw the shield on you. And, and 
unlike previous Mega Man games, even Mega Man 4, uh, where every single uh, Dr. Cossack stage had a unique uh, boss that just played differently. Some of them are really massive, some of them small. Mm-hmm. This one, all the bosses are just the same. They're just small robots that behave a little bit differently. And I'm not a big fan of that. But uh, the levels themselves are good, which is the saving grace, I think, because um, with Mega Man 4, I didn't like a lot of the Dr. Kosek and Wild stages. Wild and 5, like the level design through all of them is really good. It's just that the bosses and Dark Man stages aren't that good. But the music yeah. is amazing here. The music here is, is, I mean, even for people who don't like Mega Man 5 music, all of them agree that. Uh, Darkman Stage 1 has a really, really fantastic uh, theme that is similar to Mega Man 2. Well, for sure. And, and I think when, when you have all this stuff, it's in, it's in context of knowing like these, these, these layouts of the levels, I mean, there's nothing crazy going on because you're still dealing with the same hardware that you've had for 1, 2, 3, and 4. So there, there isn't so much more that they can do with it, but it's just like making sure that the layouts are interesting to to transverse through, making sure that you have some enemies that are a little bit more difficult. Um, mm-hmm. And there are, I mean, you have that charge shot. So if you get really good at like just nailing down the timing of the charge shot, it just makes you feel really good because you can start flying through the levels and... Mm-hmm. There is some satisfaction that goes along with that, and it is—it's still the the same great control, same great you know enemy design, and now you have uh, also a great soundtrack to go along with it. Like that's a great combination, even if it is not like a groundbreaking you know game. It is not the uh, it's not Mega Man X, but you know it's still a hell of a game, and I still can't get into mm-hmm. Mega Man X. Man, I just don't like the aesthetic of that game. That's for another episode, though. Um, yep. So. Let's. I mean, you, you have those four Darkman stages, and you get to the fourth boss in the Darkman stages, and you're like, okay, finally, I'm going up against Proto Man. Remember that guy that has been, you know, causing all this trouble. We thought we were. I thought we were friends. Like after three and four, we were having a great time. We were working as a good team. Although in the cartoon, you know, Proto Man had a little bit of an ego. So we we get to this final stage, and we're gonna fight Proto Man. Like he takes one shot at us, and we almost lose all of our health. And then, whoa, out of nowhere, the real Proto-Man, like, teleports in. Where the hell was he the whole time? I don't know. Like, on vacation, but... All right. I mean, it's a video game from 1992. He comes in, and then he is able to, you know, pull the covers, uh, you know, up and show that, oh, no, it was actually Dr. Wily all along putting together these dark men who... uh, And this final guy is just an imposter, so... Then, surprise. Surprise. So now you get uh, a fourth <laughs> boss battle, which is, again, not very difficult, but um, you get to fight through that boss. And then, all right, well, I guess the game is over. I, I beat all of Dr. Wily's bosses like every other game. So that's where the game ends. Of course not, because then you have the Wily stages, which are those are the boss battles that are a lot of fun. Now, yep. now yep. it's like, all right. We can start playing some Mega Man. Let's go. So um, in, in stage one, not only do you get to start off with a new track and it sounds awesome, you get to, um, it, like, what I think, like, uh, the, the Dark Man and the Wily stage music, and, like, it should be in every Mega Man game, like, it almost kind of, like, increases the stakes. Like, you know things are about to get super, super crazy, and it, you can kind of tell with the music. So you get... Uh, Wally stage one, and at the end of each stage, you get a uh, boss or maybe multiple bosses. But uh, at the end of stage one, I mean, it's still a good stage. It's still, you know, some challenging platforming and stuff, but it's nothing we haven't done before. 
But you get to that boss battle, which is actually a lot of fun. It's like this worm that you're fighting in, that's in three sections where it has this bottom section with spikes on both sides, a middle section with spikes on both sides. These both act as platforms. And then you have what you need to hit, which is the head of the worm. And that is also shooting things up in the sky that are then hovering down kind of like leaves, but they're enemies. And what you have to do is you have to kind of shoot your blaster, activate the bottom platform, then shoot and activate the middle platform, jump from one to mm-hmm. the other. Then you can shoot the head of the beast. And eventually, after doing that a couple times, you know, if, again, if you're good with a charge shot and dodging those things and jumping, jumping, and that's why it's fun because you're like, you're jumping and then you're letting go of the charge shot in midair and then dodging the other sections and you're dodging all the other enemies. So you get a lot of stuff going on in that section. Um, that maybe my favorite boss battle in the game. It's, I don't know. It's just really mm-hmm. fun one. It is. It is really entertaining. And uh, um, the levels in wireless stages, I think, are generally better than Darkman and the bosses as well. So it only gets better from here. Yeah, it, it definitely gets better. Then we get to, to Wily stage two, and then we get to fight a boss that has kind of flaps on both sides and there's platforms on both sides. You're having to jump on platforms, avoid a bunch of projectiles that are kind of coming up on the ground. And then you have to jump on the platforms while the doors on the sides are open and then shoot into this kind of uh, into the enemy, which is hanging out in the middle of the middle of the screen. And, um, you know, again, it's just like really precise, quick reaction, platforming action. That is a it is a staple of the Mega Man and Rockman games. Uh, so that's a blast. That was uh, a little bit more difficult. It can be a little bit more frustrating, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's so fun. I don't know. Is there anything on on that boss? I mean, it's kind of kind of self explanatory, I guess. It is, yeah. And uh, again, it's it's a really entertaining level, entertaining boss. But but stage three, stage three, we've never seen this before. So we get to stage three, and then we find out, hey. Those robots were all fine. We're going to do a boss rush, and we're going to go through the eight bosses again. Not a problem. If you knew the like, if you knew the 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 patterns and the mechanics of those bosses on previous levels, especially if you know their weaknesses now, like those, you can you're going to blow through in a in a couple minutes. Which again, it sounds like it sounds like well, is that even necessary? Yeah, it's just it's kind of part of the mechanics of the game and the franchise, and I'm okay with it because. It was not very hard. Like, you know, the boss rush. Did you ever play uh, Gunvolt? Yes. Okay. So Gunvolt and also um, and also Shovel Knight, both games mm-hmm. that are really great. Um, but they have boss rushes at the end, and I absolutely hated them because they were too difficult. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, they were like real big roadblocks for me in the games. So those I didn't enjoy too much. Like, I actually kind of like this. Like, it's just like, all right, well... It's kind of doing a little bit of extra paperwork, but once I get this paperwork done, I know what I'm going to get at the end, and that's where I finally get to say, Wiley, I, I don't know why they keep giving you all this you know, equipment and time to build these terrible pe- robots, but mm-hmm. now I can finally fight you again and you know, probably let you survive for one more game on the NES because why not? There's so many of those consoles out there. Um, and what better way to fight Dr. Wiley than in a a skull tank um, with multiple multiple forms and, believe it or not, a UFO form. Um, mm-hmm. Again, not something that we haven't seen before, but uh, still nice, fun, challenging boss battles. And it's uh, that's Mega Man 5. 
Yeah. Right. Um, one interesting thing about Kingman Five is that uh, they give you this super arrow weapon, which uh, I never used it. Yeah, I mean, you can use it for, uh, to. Uh, I mean, you can use it to fight uh, Wily at the end, and you can uh, use it to reach to some other places. But I think, I mean, you have the brush coil and brush jet, and at this stage, you kind of don't need this this weapon the same way you don't need the magnetic arm or whatever it was called in Mega Man 4, which was a, uh, a hidden weapon. So uh, this is a, a neat little thing that you just don't use it a lot just because you, you have uh, other rush stuff. And uh, uh, and while the Wily f- uh, fight is really easy in here i thought uh, yeah uh even in uh, even like in, in all his forms it, it's not a lot of challenge but it is really a lot of fun i, I enjoy it a lot uh, uh and i think uh i think it's it's easy to play all of them and think oh yeah this is the easy one this is the, this is the easy one and therefore it's it's a bad one but uh it's it just happens to be that it's one of those games that whenever I start it I just uh, I don't stress out a lot just because it's not a very difficult game and uh, like I said before what it uh, lacks in, in in challenge it makes up for uh, good music and uh, amazing level design it, it has a, a lot of the levels are really among my top favorites especially Gravity Man stage uh, and. Uh, the thing with the music is that I think um, I think people expect a certain uh, kind of music for Mega Man that is uh, similar to Mega Man One and Two, where it's a little bit more uh, rock type music. And with Three, um, you can see that Bon Bon tried to incorporate a lot of uh, jazzy elements, but mm-hmm. it still retained that Mega Man Two uh, style. Uh, but with Mega Man Five, it just it was a totally different jazzy uh, style, and uh, a lot of people just wrote this off just because it doesn't sound like Mega Man Two or Mega Man Three. Even though Mega Man Three really had a lot of jazzy elements, if you listen to yeah, Shadow Man totally. stage, it, it, Shadow Man stage, like it's it's it, it's maybe the uh, least catchy theme of the game just because it, it has a lot of downtime it, it plays with the melody in a way that just reminds me of jazz music and five does that a lot but if you just give it time if you just uh, uh listen to it with a different mindset you will really appreciate it and i do think that it's still a catchy soundtrack it's just simply different than uh, Mega Man one or two and three and uh, uh, four to me sounded like it, it wanted to be like uh, Mega Man two a little bit like Mega Man three but five is is its own thing uh, and it, it it's a new direction for Mega Man music and I, I it just makes me sad to, to to know that a lot of people don't like it uh, uh, my favorite is definitely Darkman stage uh, we did a remix Brave Wave remix for it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we you can find it in the show notes. Uh, Kevin will put it there on the post. It's always a uh, risky thing to do. I, I would always, <laughs> I, I will probably have it in the show notes. But what I would also recommend is that you should be getting your butt on the the Brave Wave website, which I will link to for sure. Um, and yes. that way, you can always get to the the store page on there and check out any of the tracks as well. Yes. Uh, the funny thing about the streamix is that. Uh, I was playing the game 
with a different perspective because at the time uh, I didn't really like Mega Man 5's music a lot. And Marco, uh, my uh, co-director and uh, Brave Wave engineer, he kept telling me that, no, you're wrong. And Mega Man 5 has really good music. So uh, when we, when I released World 1-2, the first Brave Wave album, I didn't have any Mega Man music uh, or remix, despite uh, Mega Man being my favorite franchise. So with World 1-2 Encore, I thought, okay, uh, I need at least one Mega Man track. And at the time, I was really just um, occupied with Mega Man 5, and I loved Darkman's stage a lot that I ended up uh, asking one of our um, remixers to remix the track. And it's a really fun uh, remix that doesn't deviate a lot from the original. So if you like the original, you will probably like this a lot. But uh, this one, Darkman Stage, is is one of the ones that is easy to love, even if you don't care for Mega Man 5. And I love the stage select uh, music. I love the I love the intro, uh, as well as the, uh, uh, I don't know, the game start screen, which is basically just the title with the Protoman scarf. And all Mega Man games, I think all of them, uh, have this where, uh, I think it started with Mega Man 2 where if you skip the intro, like if you just press start, you will be presented with a game start screen. Uh, and Mega Man 2, I think it's just, uh, you see Mega Man on top of the building with a, a really uh, fast theme. Uh, with Mega Man 3 and 4, they just give you a, a, a screen with, with an element into it, with something in it. Uh, and with 5, it's just a scarf and you listen to a maybe, a 10 seconds loop but it's really really great and it's really so so good uh, as short as it is uh, and uh, those are probably my three favorite themes I do like the stages I like Gravity Man I like Starman but Darkman is really uh, the the best theme in my opinion yeah and I'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm pulling up the I'm pushing some music into my my super omnidirectional microphone, which I don't know how good well it picks it up, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just got like an awesome build, and I'm I'm a sucker for like big drops, like big builds in songs, and then when there's like a, a big drop, like mm-hmm. I am kind of all over all over that, and uh, you know, again, you know, I'm gonna give another shout out to Mega Man Legacy Collection. If you just want to listen to the soundtrack, like there's a whole section where you can just listen to the music of the games, which is kind of kind of really great that they included that stuff in there. Um, uh, a couple other things that I wanted to mention first, I, I think maybe in a minute you're going to end up hearing me and Phil talk about this game, uh, as well. So that is a, a benefit of this super incredibly long episode for Mega Man five. Um, hmm. and also I, I want to kind of ask you as, as someone that really loves these games and can like one credit clear Mega Man 10 or whatever, um, what, uh, you know, where does this game sit for? Where does it sit for you in terms of the the Famicom and the NES games one through six? Um, I like them. it better than better than four, better than six. Uh, if you want the NES games, I think my favorite is two, followed by three, followed by five, and then one, and then six, and then four. Whoa! Uh, yeah, we all we uh, all remember how much you hate four. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan. I do love the, some of the music, but I just hate the level design so much. It's so inconsistent. I mean, I replayed it just last month when I went to Marco, my co-director. Um, I said in his apartment, we finished uh, the, a few Mega Man games. One of them was four. And uh, we were, or maybe he was analyzing the level design because I wasn't paying a lot of attention. I was just busy playing the game. Uh, and he does a 
great job at analyzing the level design. And one of the reasons I wanted to play for with him is because both of us hit the game. So I want to see, okay, so what's wrong with it? And <laughs> I still remember, I still remember one of the cities where you, you fight four different mini bosses and two of them are just right after each other. And that's just so annoying, but five doesn't have any of that. And I think, um, what's so great about five is that if you think you suck at Mega Man games, like if you maybe played one or two and you find them too difficult, five is a great entry point because totally. it's, it's the easiest and it's just so much fun. Totally. Um, or you could play the Game Boy version, uh, which kind of has nothing to do with original Mega no. Man 5, but um, I, I, I got to probably... I actually... I really liked Mega Man 2. It was really short on Game Boy, um, mm-hmm. but crap maybe i should go take a look at those old game boy games because i remember f- you should you should what was the it? first one is awful i think I, the first I one's terrible, on, yeah but i yeah, think it's I, five is the one that is like really good yeah four and five are really good i don't remember much about three two was i mean two is a game it's fine if you don't play it, it just, just had great it had that, like an incredible yeah. soundtrack because it, like the game boy versions of the soundtrack for Mega Man 2 yeah. were incredibly impressive Yep, yep. And and five, I think, is the game where it's just totally new uh bosses. Like it's not uh Wave Man, Star Man, it's just right. like the name of the planets, uh, Saturn or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. I actually still didn't play this game, so maybe we should do an episode about all of them. Yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, do I have to give Nintendo's eShop money? Damn it. I don't wanna do come on. All right, well hold on. This is I'm gonna I'm sending a telepathic message to Mike Micah and Frank Safaldi and whoever makes decisions yeah at Capcom you know it'd be great uh, Mega Man Legacy Collection Game Boy Edition um, yes it's yes. all for like because, ten bucks uh, at least three of the games are really good and and every every single Mega Man fan should play them and the other two Mega Man one and two you should definitely play them I'm, one is really skippable you don't need to play it. that game is so awful but uh, two and above are really uh, good games that not a lot of Mega Man fans played them. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say, you know, I, I really do believe, like, they not only uh, updated the versions of Mega Man Legacy Collection that were uh, digital, like, the updates came out that fixed a lot of issues uh, with the game, but the Game Boy, Game Boy, the, the 3DS retail release is fantastic. Um, it's a really, yes. really good version, and I think, you know, they're they're definitely on the right track with this stuff, so please support this stuff so they can continue to show publishers that hey like look at what we did with Mega Man and Capcom I know it's a big name but hey what if you have something similar that's had numbers in the past you're not doing anything with the property hey let us put this in our packaging and we will at least if anything keep your the name of your brand relevant uh, for future generations and stuff like that um, yep. And people are going to like, if it's Mega Man, people are going to keep her buying it, just like we keep buying Super Mario Brothers on the virtual console. Yeah, I agree. Uh, to me, there's something about Mega Man that every single time it releases, I just, just want to buy it. I mean, I I am a rational consumer, but at the same time, when know. it comes to Mega Man, I've I just want to... I've seen your shelf, Mohammed. I wouldn't call it rational. Well, with Mega Man, it's not rational. I mean, it, it is the definition of rational just because I keep buying them. Uh, I remember when, um, when the special edition for the uh, 3DS in Japan, when it was up for pre-order, I just mm-hmm. sent it to Alex, my business partner at Wave, <laughs> and I just told him, Alex, I, like, I, I, I don't understand this page, but please pre-order this for me. And, and he did. And I have it. And, uh, obviously I ordered the, 
CDS one, the limited edition. I have a statue that came with pre-ordering the game. I have it on PlayStation four on 3DS, like three different copies on 3DS. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a game that when I buy an additional co- copy, I do think, okay, I do want Capcom to, to, to look that, look at the sales number and, and, and see that people are buying this. Uh, this mm-hmm. is one of the very, very few franchises that I feel so invested in just because I, I want new games. And, uh, if it means buying the game three, four, five times, then I'm, I'm gonna happily do so. Totally, totally agree. I mean, it's, some things that we love make us irrational. It's why I, you know, yep. bought a 5K iMac to, you know, for work because mm-hmm. I kind of love it. And the same thing with uh, with video games. I'm sure. I mean, I'm buying. I pre-ordered Persona Four, Persona Four, Persona Five, uh, the Japanese special edition for 120 dollars because I'm mm-hmm. crazy and I just need to play that game, even if it's in Japanese. Yeah, uh, I think. I'm at a stage in my life where I don't really care for like limited edition stuff, but when it's for a game or, or like a movie or a book that I really love and care about, then the idea of getting the limited edition is not just because uh, like I want like all the DLC or any of that. It's just because like this game means something to me and I do mm-hmm. want uh, whatever most expensive edition is, uh, despite me not really caring that much about the term limited or, or most of the items. Um, uh, and one funny thing that I actually did with Mega Man with the Game Boy games is that the Game Boy games are a little bit uh, hard to find in Japan. But whenever I go, I and whenever I see like Mega Man two or three or four or five on Game Boy, I just get a copy whether I have the game or not. And mm-hmm. I ended up with like three different Japanese copies for five, two copies for Mega Man two, three copies for Mega Man four, and I like I, I gave some of the. Uh, additional copies to Marco when I visited him last month uh, uh, just because, I mean, I have so much and, and he doesn't have the Japanese games and it's wrong that he doesn't have them. But uh, this is something that I do only with Mega Man where if I go and see Mega Man 1, I'm going to buy it even if I have it just because these games will vanish in maybe the next five to do 10 years. Like you will not be able to find them for cheap and uh, I just want to have all the copies. And no one is going to blame you for that, um, at least not me. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of uh, do a little bit of a, a wrap-up right now uh, with Mohammed. But again, you're probably going to hear Phil uh, after this. If not, I apologize, and I will probably would have said something at the start of the show, and now I just sound like an idiot. But um, And after that, what we'll do is we'll also have a... Uh, a little bit of a bonus retro discussion as a thank you to the Patreon supporters. But um, as we wrap up right now, uh, again, I want to quickly mention uh, Brave Wave has a a really great store. Just go to store.bravewave.net, and then you're going to be able to check out all the music that they have available. The latest release is Terra Magica, and it is really, really great. I not only have the uh, physical release, which Alex was kind enough to to gift me a copy, but um, I also picked up the digital version and, and used it as like kind of like like uh, like scenery music when I was walking around in Japan, and even yesterday when I was doing uh, like some mountain biking in the on the trails, listening to that soundtrack or not that soundtrack, that album uh, mm-hmm. has been uh, really great. Um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about Terra Magica and, and just kind of like the the background behind that. It is the first solo album of Saori Kobayashi, the composer of the Panzer's Dragoon series. So uh, what she did is, even though it's it's a her- 
own solo album she channeled a lot of the feelings uh, that came up to her when composing uh, uh, for the Banzer Dragon games and uh, if I remember correctly some of the uh, tracks were like uh, unused tracks from uh, the Banzer Dragon games that they didn't end up in the game and she just took them and uh, reshaped them into uh, uh, full longer tracks and uh, like if if you love Banzer Dragoon, this is basically just like getting uh, a new soundtrack, a, a new game. And uh, if you're new to the series, I think it, you can still enjoy uh, uh, the album a lot just because uh, Kobayashi has a very unique uh, sound to her. And uh, it's a very meditative album where if, if you like to work or maybe uh, uh, read or, or, or write with some background uh, uh, sounds, then this is to me a, a great album to play and then just work uh, on it just because it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really good. Like if, if you just sit down and listen to it, you will enjoy it a lot. It has a lot of beautiful sounds, uh, but it's not like chiptunes where Playing like to me, playing chip tunes and writing is is very difficult. Just because chip tune music, it's just like pop music in general. It's it's very catchy and it's uh, it usually just takes your attention away from whatever it is that you're doing. While this album is more uh, ambient ish, that uh, it wouldn't disturb your flow if, if you're like writing or, or reading. So it's it's a really uh, great album that you could just listen to all of it before. Uh, deciding to buy so right. this is a good thing to do yeah and, and uh maybe is, is it okay if i use one of the tracks to end the show absolutely okay yeah then maybe you uh, you guys can hear one of my favorite tracks on it but like more than anything and i'm not like i'm not anyone that ever notices this stuff but the like the album definitely feels like it's kind of like telling a story like you're kind of going on a journey which is why it I is listen. exactly that's why i live like loved listening to it while i was in uh tokyo and when like I'm riding my bike because it has like these ebb and flows in in the soundtrack and it like it picks up and it calms back down and it picks back up. And it's like, it's kind of like if you use it for exercise, you kind of like feel when you get to like this epic track, you're like, oh man, I'm going to go like really hard right now. This kind of like sucks you into like this world uh, with you, which is something that, you know, you can't really say for, for a lot of albums. Um, mm-hmm. And, and along with that, you know, don't forget you can uh, pick up, um, uh, Really, oh my God, they're, they're so good. Retroactive part one and two uh, from Keiji Yamagishi. And of course, the, the Street Fighter 2, the definitive soundtrack uh, is, is up on your store. And uh, Heartbeat Circuit, uh, Smoke Thief, um, again, another soundtrack that I find myself listening to uh, a lot when I'm doing, doing work. And uh, from you know, the very cryptic things that you and, and Alex have t- like said to me and the tones that you've had when I've said, hey, what are you guys are working on? It seems like you guys are, are working on some really, really incredible stuff that people should probably keep an eye out for uh, in the coming months uh, as we get yes. towards the summer, I guess. Yes, uh, we will release a new album by Takahiro Izutani. He's the co-composer of the Bayonetta series and Metal no Gear Solid 4. Sh- okay, all right. And uh, it's a fantastic album. It's one of my favorite Brave Wave albums. Uh, and right now, like he's finishing up the last track and I'm, I'm uh, looking into the uh, uh, CD design uh uh, looking for a photographer to uh, commission and uh, it's a just amazing album and uh, we're also working on I don't know four 
different soundtracks, Generation Series releases, because uh, ever since we released Street Fighter 2, people want to know what we've been up to. And uh, the thing about the Generation Series soundtracks is that we wanted definitive soundtracks, which means uh, like one of the games that we're working on right now, it has an NES release and Super Nintendo release and arcade release and getting the music from all of those. And for example, finding, actually just finding the arcade... uh, Yeah, the boards... uh, Exactly. It's, uh, they're really super rare uh, and they're very expensive. So, uh, And then you have, of course, different uh, recording techniques that you have to employ for each of them. And there's only so much time. Uh, but we are working on, uh, on uh, uh, four different releases and two of them will be announced in June. So uh, oh, awesome. I, I can't wait till we announce those and just start talking about them. Uh, okay, well, now you guys can start. Think- well, I don't know when this is going to come out. Maybe you guys already know about it by the time that this episode comes out, but um, I, I am trying to rack my brain. All right, NES, Super Nintendo, and Arcade. What could that pop- And then there's like a list of like 40 games because there were so yeah. many games that came out on everything uh, at yes. that time. So we will have to continue to to guess and, uh, and, and dream of what those releases could be because if it's anything like what you guys put together for uh, Street Fighter 2, the definitive collection, which is, again, it's like you have it. Like, it's done. You don't need to ever make another version of this. We have it in uncompressed audio formats. <laughs> like, we have it. It's done. So It is it is the best version of Street Fighter 2. I'm not going to be humble about it. It is the absolutely best version of Street Fighter 2 soundtrack, and hopefully we can do the same with all the other games that we're working on. Like, this is our goal, to just make the best possible edition that you just can't make better on, on, on in the future. All we're missing is the PC Engine version. That's going to be on a secret, uh, a secret CD. Uh, yeah, for a we, super special we, uh, edition. All I'm gonna say is that we are thinking about it. Are you serious? Uh, I can't say more. Just... <laughs> Holy crap! All right, well, please, God, well, like support Brave Wave and, and and what they're doing because they are just doing the stuff that we are like saying. Well, if they did that, I would totally buy it. Well, okay, well then go buy it. Like you have all these composers from some of your favorite games doing their own albums, and you're also getting some great, like, perfect editions, definitive editions of other soundtracks as well. So get your butt over to store.bravewave.net and go and check out the the offerings. Over there, and uh, like Muhammad said, like you can just check, like preview the tracks out. Like you can just play them on there and listen to them before you buy them. So um, you can preview that stuff. And if you are looking at stuff like the definitive edition of Street Fighter Two, like you can get the digital version for twenty one dollars. You can get the the CD set for twenty five dollars, and uh, for uh, Terra Magica, you can get the the album for thirteen dollars digitally or a limited edition uh, CD. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to have both um, and, and to support you guys. So I got I got both those. It's great to have both. And like when you get the digital versions, like they're available in FLAC, like uncompressed format. So if you are a nut job like me, you can just get them and download them in MP3, download them in FLAC. And so you have like a version for your phone or whatever, your laptop. And then you also have a version to throw on your external hard drive or your cloud mm-hmm. or whatever and, uh, and have them forever. So... Um, Again, yeah, Muhammad, thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to talk Mega Man. I knew this was going to be great. I wasn't disappointed. And um, if people want to get some more of, of your stuff, usually the best way to follow people these days is is on Twitter. Uh, so you can get yes. at Muhammad at RoboKick, R-O-B-O-K-I-C-K, uh, and also at Brave Wave Music 
on Twitter. And like I mentioned yep. before, just go to bravewave.net if you want to stay up to date on, on all the offerings that they have over there or just preview some of the tracks from the albums that they have. I have just about every album now, <laughs> Brave Wave, and <laughs> I've not been... I've been, not been anything less than uh, incredibly impressed from all the offers on there. So. I'm glad. Thank you so so much. We 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 do release a lot of uh, uh, how do I say it? Maybe challenging music, just because people know Panzer Dragoon and Ninja Garden, but they probably never thought about the idea of chasing down the composer and listening right. to his own solo material. And so it's actually difficult to market these things because people uh, like, like people don't remember a lot of composer names. And when you tell them, well, this like this is a good album uh, by, a, by a composer that you like his music, they would just have uh, a, a very good relationship, for example, with the game, like with, with Ninja Garden, but they probably don't know much about the composer and thus it's, it's a bit difficult to get them excited. But they're really very, very good... Uh, Albums, if I say so myself, and I, I think um, if you're a fan of game music in general, just just imagine them as being uh, 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 different soundtracks to uh, games that you never played. Uh, if you enjoy listening to good soundtracks of games that you don't think of playing, then just just uh, uh, treat those the same. And I think hopefully you won't be disappointed. And just like I said, if you go to the store, you can listen to. Any album, as for as much as you like. I think uh, I think you can listen to it five or six times before it asks you to pay. So you can do that and make sure that an album is to your liking before you pay for it. Awesome. Uh, well, go check all that stuff out, and uh, we're gonna wrap up things here. Whoa, whoa, Pass Kev, what are you doing, man? You don't want people to listen to all two and a half hours of Mega Man Five? You nuts? Come on, there's still one more segment with Phil. Guys, keep listening. There's still a lot more show left. Okay, you can continue to talk, Paskev. Uh, now we're going to get uh, one more segment. If you're a Patreon supporter, you're going to get a bonus segment after this. Uh, otherwise, uh, thank you so much for everyone else for, for tuning in for this episode. Um, if you do want to support this show as well, you can do it in, in two real ways. You can either go to patreon.com slash backmyplay p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash back in my play you can support the show on a per episode basis it helps me put these shows together and i like to say thank you to everyone that is able to do that by giving you a bonus segment after this uh music so we're going to get to hear a track from tara magica and now we're going to then get into some extra bonus discussion Mohammed, thank you so much for for taking the time man it's always great to catch up uh you're welcome thank you for having me Coming back to 2016 again, uh, stepping out of a phone booth, uh, this time outside the Circle K was Phil Theobald. Weird. Hey, do you know when the Mongols ruled China? <laughs> uh, what is it? What is it? Look, oh, what did she say? I just, I'm just, I just, I just work here. I just work here. Oh, man. 
Um, I have that stupid movie memorized. I I absolutely love that movie. It was actually one of the first things I ever purchased. This is like a weird episode. This it was one of the first things that I ever purchased after getting a job. I bought uh, bought a sealed, brand new sealed VHS copy in what would have been the year 2000 when I was 14. I got my first job. I was able to get a sealed VHS copy of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure off eBay for like seven dollars. <laughs> Awesome. And I played the crap out of it because there was no the DVD release release was like super late. Yeah, it was. Surprise. Not a high demand for Bill and Ted's <laughs> excellent adventure on on a digital format. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, while we're playing our DVD version and I guess now Blu-ray version of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh oh, you know what? Real quick, I'm just gonna complain. Yeah. Bo- bogus journey still not on Blu-ray. It is going to be coming out uh, very, very shortly. They just announced oh. a three-disc uh, Bill and Ted's uh, <gasps> uh, set. What? And the crazy thing is, in the PR, they did not mention what was on the third disc. So okay. it's hmm. animated yeah. series. I'm, I will say this. The, the, the version of Bill and Ted uh, that I own right now is the DVD version. Uh, yeah. I've been holding off on the Blu-ray in hopes that Bogus Journey comes out at some point. Uh, the There was at one point uh, a collector set that did come with three discs. Uh, you got the two movies, of course. The third disc featured like a documentary, like a behind-the-scenes documentary. A, uh, a, a and I'm just reading off of uh, of Amazon right now. An mm-hmm. air guitar tutorial, uh, the most the most triumphant making of documentary. Uh, the original Bill and Ted in conversation with Chris and Ed, the two guys who created the uh, the movies, wrote them. Uh, an interview with guitarist Stevie Vai, for some reason. Uh, the uh, first episode of the cartoon and uh, a couple other little features. Um, and then some radio spots. So it's just, you know, it's just like a bonus material disc. So maybe it's going to be the same thing. But uh, I, uh, I, I, I really would love like what they did with Back to the Future and put the animated oh, series in there, too. Yeah, I would. I would be all for that. So well, we may need to wait a little bit because hopefully we're going to have some kind of, of news on the, um, you know, Bill and Ted three. So that would be a good way to yeah. kind of launch that stuff. Uh, oh, maybe maybe we'll get the. uh Maybe we'll get the the live action TV series. Wait, what? On. Did you not know about that? There's a live action Bill and Ted TV. What? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, 1992. Um, ran uh, seven episodes and one unaired pilot. Wait, with Keanu, Keanu Reeves? Nope. <laughs> no. Starring, starring someone named Evan Richards as Bill. Someone named Christopher Kennedy as Oh my Ted. God, I'm looking at this. This is so bad. And, this looks like a, like a porno. And comedian Rick Overton as Rufus. Oh my God, I'm looking at the opening sequence of this TV show <laughs> and it looks like a pornography. Yes, it does. It looks like Bill and Ted's like- excellent... This is this is not Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the oh, Triple X parody. My God! <laughs> oh yeah, Rick Overton is Rufus. Oh man, you 
Oh, you bastards. I'm going to have to watch at least an episode of that after this. Shit. All right. Um, Get on eBay, track down a box of <laughs> Ted's excellent cereal. And I, I totally bought that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I, I ate Bill and Ted's excellent cereal back in the day. It was terrible cereal. It tasted like it tasted just like the the Super Mario Brothers cereal or the Nintendo cereal, I should say. Like all like the the corn uh, yeah. cereal with marshmallows were all like the same. Yep. And, and kind of they just all looked the same. Like they would just say whatever the shapes were, and it was just a. <laughs> it was kind of like a a, 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 a I don't know I don't know. <laughs> Um, this is this looks so oh my god like I I'm still watching this opening and even like the visual effects look like they're from 1943 I'm glad I opened your eyes too I had no idea about that that must have been on like Showtime or something that I didn't get I think it was on like you know I I think it was made for syndication so of course I hope I don't remember if no no Fox would have been a thing at that point. It might have been on Fox. Yeah, I mean they had yeah they had the like what are they had? they had the Simpsons they had uh, America's Most Wanted and that's about it and Cops in 1992 <laughs> exactly. Oh, so Mega Man Five. Um, so yes. <laughs> this game <laughs> this game today you can play it on just about everything except oh, yeah. except your iPhone I guess or you know your PlayStation Vita unless you have access to Japanese PlayStation Network which has all six of the re-releases on there from the PlayStation 1 we only got up to 4 and then we realized at least in the states or maybe also in Europe that those versions are absolute garbage yeah and they should not be played but uh, Phil, we also got this thing called Mega Man Legacy Collection, and those are pretty good. Yeah, they are. They are. People were super critical of that collection when it came out, but I think for, I, there were some reasons to be. There were some issues with the the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four versions, but they they came through. They patched them, and mm-hmm. the retail releases that we got um, afterwards, especially on like the 3DS version, is rock solid. It's actually really great. Yeah, rock man solid. You could say. Rockman solid uh, with great sound test options, tons of art and oh, uh, yeah. like development documents. And also you have button remapping. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's really hard to that's really hard to do. Nintendo has been struggling with that for for years. <laughs> um, and Mike Micah cracked the code. So great job, Mike. Um, nice. That yeah, guy so- is talented. And yeah, I mean he's he's been he's been showing Nintendo up for years, putting Polly and Donkey Kong as the hero, and <laughs> you right. know, putting button mapping in old NES games. Yeah. So uh, this game, I'm I'm curious how this holds up for you. I mean, is this as someone that goes back and, and plays these Mega Man games and and cherishes them, and I'm sure kind of buys every version that comes out to a certain extent, even like those PS2, Xbox original, and GameCube versions. Um, oh yeah. How how does this game hold up? Does it like does it something that you still go back to, or is it kind of the one that you just kind of keep hitting right till it goes back to Mega Man Two and then play that instead? Yeah, you know, to be fair, yeah, I I do not go back to this one as much as I go back to one, two, or three. Uh, it had been a long time since I played five, actually. So this was kind of a chance to to experience it again, and it's you know it's it's still good. It's still a uh, you know, in terms of NES games, it's still a darn fine game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, 
not many of the bosses are that exciting to me. Probably about half of them, mm-hmm. I, I, I think, are like, oh, that's a pretty cool boss. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, I really dig Gyro Man. Uh, as uh, you know, just uh, the the cool kind of helicopter design to him and everything. Totally, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that that kind of bugs me about this game, just uh, looking at all the bosses as a whole, is that um, you have half of the bosses are like kind of kind of reddish, orangish, brown colors. Mm. You know, they they all yeah. kind of blend in together. You have you have uh, Stone Man and. Uh, Starman and Charge Man and uh, uh, Gravity Man are all, you know, very similar color palette, which mm-hmm. is makes it a little bland uh, just to look at on the character select screen or the uh, or just in any group art shots or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I think the only intimidating looking character might be like Napalm Man, but we've yeah. already had a couple fire bosses in previous games. Right. Too. Yeah, although he is, I, I do like Napalm Man. Uh, he's he's purple, which is uh, my favorite color. Well, his in the artwork, he's purple. His actual in-game sprite is blue. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he's a he's a pretty cool looking boss. Uh, his giant tread uh, feet and missile p- pods for shoulders and arms. Well, what about what about um, Charge Man? I mean, it's a choo-choo train. I, I actually really dig Charge Man, and it makes you go doot doot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he he he, he scoot, scoots along the floor. He's a know. cute he, little train boss. I, I like him. He's got a big train for a head. I I and he's got cow catchers for feet. So, what I if do uh, like- what if Capcom said, "Hey, Nintendo, I know you guys like Amiibos. How would you like access to our eight-bit boss library?" Oh, would you would you just pre-order every single one i would that's yeah. it's terrible but yeah i, I would that's i would so i i may talk about uninspired boss designs in some of the later games but no i would own every one of those i i, I wanted to ask also ask you about um gravity man stage that that's an that's a discussion that muhammad and i were having as well like you kind of had um you know very much like the super mario galaxy uh like arrows that depict where like the gravity is going to pull you and stuff like that. And also there was, um, like I did, I, I must've talked to you about metal storm, right? Oh, we had to have. Okay. So yeah. And like metal storm kind of has the same mechanics in the, in the first stage where, you know, there's parts where you jump and you actually have the gravity get flipped and it like messes around with you. But, um, this game does it as well. And it's just kind of like a cool one-off level. Oh yeah. And, uh, well, first of all, uh, Metal Storm is amazing. Freaking Metal Storm, one of the best NES games. See, I, I probably should. I, I think I had Greg on that episode. Maybe I should have called you <laughs> over. Maybe you were busy or something like that. And I was like, hey, Greg, would you like to play Metal Storm? He's like, yeah, totally. I don't think he made it all the way through. That game's kind of hard uh, to end. It is a tough game, but oh, I do love, love, love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Gravity Man stage is outstanding. You got the uh, yeah the Gravity Flips. Uh, some really cool stuff where you end up going through a lot of the stages on the ceiling. Yeah, it's weird. And then just doing uh, weird stuff like you know, do, pulling off the little Mega Man slide move on the ceiling <laughs> and jumping up and grabbing ladders so you can climb yeah. down towards the ground and things like that. They actually did a, a really nice job with playing with gravity in that stage. It, it it makes me when what I saw or I guess I know it's completely different time periods, but when you see stuff 
like that. I really wish that the Mega Man series allowed for more kind of like one-off, incredibly unique levels like we got in. I mean, it is one of the best games of all time or two best games of all time, but the Mario Galaxy 1 and 2 where you would just have this concept that was in one stage and it would never be used again. And it was yeah. just incredibly unique and, and, and interesting, like to the point where you would want to go back. Like the Mega Man series is is really it does that in some parts, like, you know, in Charge Man stage or you're, you're on a train and you're going through the train cars and stuff like that. Or, uh, you know, there's other stages. I think it's um, it might be like Wave Man stage where you're actually like on a an elevator um, kind of going up and stuff. So there there are a couple different like one off mechanics on the levels, but nothing, nothing like you kind of would wish there would be in a later Mega Man game where it just can't be another eight bosses. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Does six get any better? Um, six, you know, I, I haven't played six in a while, so you'll have to, you'll have to do a Mega Man six back in my place. So I can, I'm planning on it. Have an excuse to play that one again. But, uh, six does introduce the, uh, the rush armor where rush can, uh, transform into different, sort of uh, battle suits for Mega Man to wear. There's like a, a power suit where he gets big bulky arms that he can launch out. And then there's like a, a jet suit for, for hovering around and flying around the stage. All right. That sounds, so, that sounds different. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they did add a little something to that. Oh, what, what, I wonder what it was like to be at Capcom in 1993 with the... I mean, later on, they ended up doing uh, a little more on the uh, Sega Genesis, but at least you had like a Super Famicom development kit in the office, and they're like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to be working on this great new Mega Man game on the Famicom, uh, a 10-year-old piece of hardware now. Yeah. Instead of being like like you're kind of the the Super B team of, uh, <laughs> of Capcom, because, of course, that, at that point... In 1993, and I will correct myself, it actually came out January 1994 here in the States. It was December 93 in Japan, but, you know, everyone was working on Mega Man X. Oh, yeah. And not, you know, the the, the Mega Man 6 that was so, so much forgotten. Like, again, you know, Nintendo decided to <laughs> to publish it themselves because Capcom was like, nah, that's okay. Mega Man 5 did not sell very well. I'd rather, uh, rather not do that, but... Um, Oh yeah, I'm looking at six, and six came out like eleven months later. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. that's that's so crazy. <sighs> Mega Man Five. <laughs> um, yeah, so we we got uh, those again, those eight bosses, and then you got to kind of go all the way through, and you still got some cool wily stuff. Stuff. Um, were you were you just blown away and, and and utterly shocked? Like it was a complete sixth sense moment when you saw that <laughs> that Proto Man was not the one causing all this ruckus. The whole time I, I could not believe it it's nuts right that was i was really well i was heartbroken i i had i i was a big proto man fan i i had written a lot of proto man fan fiction yep and he was you know i don't want to say a, a hero because it sounds a little silly like a father figure kind of yeah yeah you know or like the older brother i never had <laughs> and and now here he is, a turncoat. Uh, but but just to see that it was a, a trap by and, and who would have thought? Uh, but Doctor Wiley, 
Of all I know, people. I know. How did like I thought I thought he was like gone for good and then he just yeah. like some someone gave him the R and D budget to make eight <laughs> more eight more terrible robots. Like where is he getting this money? He must have some kind of like Doc Brown like family <laughs> yeah. uh, like wealth that he's just been using to develop these robots and then at some point he's gonna win. He's gonna do it. Well, you know what the thing is, uh you got to wonder why he if he does have these these seemingly unlimited funds why uh why stop at eight robots eight, why, or, or why not like put the make the whole floor those uh those sharp um you know the the sharp yeah the, the, the insta kill spikes yeah why why aren't they just all spikes yeah that's true or just have someone clean up all those e tanks that are left everywhere (laughs) like this game is just like you walk you're just tripping over e-tanks like they're you know homeless people in san francisco (laughs) we do have a few of those Uh, yeah i heard you guys have like a little bit of a problem right now yeah 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 there's uh they're 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 all over the place that's good i mean it's a nice place to live there's good weather so it's true it's true but uh yeah you know what just just forego forego Mega Man 3 and 4 and then go into Mega Man 6 and have an army of 24 killer robots at your disposal. Yeah, there's no way Mega Man's going to find enough of those helmets to make it all the way through <laughs> that game. <laughs> that's just not that's just not going to work out. Um, yeah. And then just not allow like a password um, system. Well, okay, well, that's, I mean, that's interesting. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I was kind of curious to see if, if this was if if this was one that you would go back to, are you basically like ninety percent of the time you're sticking with one, two, and three? Yeah, even yeah, one. Sure. You like? Oh one? yeah. Oh, I I do. One I feel is is underrated. I mean, it's rough. It's got its rough edges to be sure. Mm-hmm. But I uh, that that was the first. You know, a, a lot of people were introduced to the series through Mega Man Two. I was actually introduced through the first game. Uh, at a friend of mine, and I borrowed it from him after seeing a screenshot in Nintendo Power uh of the uh of the yellow devil the the big rock monster from the first game. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing a screenshot of that and thinking how awesome it looked and turns out my friend had the game so I borrowed it and just immediately fell in love with it, played through it, beat it. Uh I had to kind of track down a copy because it wasn't really that readily available. Mm-hmm. At that point, so I, I eventually found a, a copy for myself, and uh, you know played through it a few more times until two came out. So games but are so good back then, man. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, you know what? No, that's not actually true. That's not <laughs> accurate. That's not I. Not not what you said. What you said is is very true. But no, I did not get my my copy of Mega Man One till after Mega Man Two came out. That's why it was so tough to find. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, Mega Man 2 and 3 are, like, that was the thing that I was mentioning when, when I was kind of looking for, I for, I don't know why, why did I get into Mega Man? Or, or maybe it was just, like, one of those things where I still hadn't beaten 2 and 3. Like, I haven't started beating Mega Man games until I started, until I started doing this show, and now I feel oh, like okay. I'm a Mega Man expert. But, um, <laughs> because, like, if you... Like I blast, I blew through this game. Like I blew through this game. Like it was, I barely used any of the the boss weaknesses and stuff like that. I completely, I feel like a, uh, you know, uh, a super game master. 
No. Um, nice. With my Castlevania and, and Mega Man skills. And it just makes me more want to like stick with the the Famicom and the NES era. Like I'm really just digging like the confines, like the comfy it's like it's it's like living in a very small Japanese apartment and I'm very comfy <laughs> in it. And I just have my thirteen inch Commodore monitor and my A V Famicom and I can just do anything. Nice. I know where Commodore monitors are nice. Dude, I'm like I'm looking at it right now. It's not even like it it's also A, it's a great picture still in two thousand sixteen. Like those those tubes are made out of something magical. And also um I just love I love the Commodore rainbow logo, like kind of like the old Apple rainbow logo. Oh, right, right. Uh so it's just kind of I mean it just makes sense makes sense to play like my cousin had one of these monitors and that's how he played games. Like that's how we obviously use his Commodore 64. And then if we were playing video games in his room, he, that, that was his TV. So we were hooking up like my NES when I brought it over my super Nintendo and we just were playing so many games on that thing. So it holds a special place in my heart. Nice. Um, very cool. I don't know. It's, I mean, we could talk about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure for another 45 minutes, but um, <laughs> I mean, is, is there anything else that you want to mention as we close the, the book on Mega Man 5 in terms of the back of my play uh, library? Well, you know what? Let me, let me ask you this. I want your opinion on something here. Uh, now, and this was not the first game to feature it, but mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about having two castles to go through? after the initial eight robot bosses. Well, I, I just consider, like, that is something where I just thought, all right, they have to do something, like, you have to do a little bit more than what you did last time. So, right. of course, there's going to be uh, a second castle. But I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed all those stages. Like, I really, maybe some of the Darkman stages were maybe a tad long, but mm-hmm. um, I, I really love especially the the music the music always changes once you get to those those next those like the castles or whatever as soon as you get to that uh the the music is always a little bit more like ramped up you feel like there's a little bit more of a you know a clock ticking down like you feel like you got to keep going and then the excitement is definitely there so i always i always love that stuff and i mean if if it was like really bad like if there were really cheap uh like platforming sections where there's there really isn't any. There's nothing in this game where I could be, really say outside of uh, there was one in the Crystal Man stage where there's crystals falling from the ceiling and you can't you can like never time it and there's pits beneath you. That was the mm-hmm. only thing in the whole game that I thought was cheap. But I mean, if I was back then, I probably would have thought, "Mom, I'm getting some really great you know value for my money right now." Right, right. This is okay. three more, three more, four more stages than what I got in you know Mega Man Three or. I think Mega Man Four had two of them as well, right? Uh yeah, I believe so. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they can't. Like, what would you, how would you feel if they went right from like the eight bosses to, you know, three Wily stages after they had the extended? No, they definitely did in four. So um, you'd feel like you're they're going backwards. They can't go backwards. You have to have an extra level. You need to have a new gun. You need to have a new item. Otherwise, it's not a sequel. Yeah, that's true. So okay. That's how video games work. I mean, that's what I learned in school. <laughs> and at my game trailer's internship, you got to have a little bit more next time. Uh, that makes sense. That's, all, that's, that's what they yeah. taught me, and then they shut down. <laughs> Serves them nice. right. I mean, if they hired me, man, 
you know, they wouldn't, you know, eight years later, they probably yeah. wouldn't have gone out of business. They'd still be around. Still be around. We'd have the back of my play show on GameTrailers.com. <laughs> it would have been great. They have no one <laughs> blame but themselves. I really, I mean, I did a great, when I was capturing the footage for um, Alone in the Dark, the reboot on yeah. Xbox 360, no yeah. one could have done that like I did it. <laughs> I was I, w- I was so great at that. Or like when Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD came out, like th- there was no one else that could have been the other player that the, I think it was where, I think it was Brooks, Brooks and I that were playing that game for like video footage, like early release Super Street Fighter 2 footage from their early debug Xbox 360 partner net. That's what it's called. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, video games are cool, huh? I I like them. And, and, and it's always cool to be able to get games early. Oh, well, right? yeah. Of course it is. Of course. Yeah. How could you not love that? Oh, my God. Bill and Ted went to a, a martial arts competition in <laughs> Mongolia. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Um, maybe maybe we, should, we should wrap it up there. How, how are you doing on time? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm doing okay. You want to do, like, one more segment for the Patreons? Heck, why not? Okay. Well, uh, that's going to do it for, for us right now uh, for the main show, but... If you uh, are a Patreon supporter, stick around because you're going to be getting some extra stuff. In the meantime, if you uh, are kind of just hanging out for the next couple of seconds, don't forget that you can check out Phil in a ton of different places. First and foremost, you can find him on the Player One podcast. You can find him last week. I, I filled in. Yes. And uh, I still, I mean, I brought up Persona, which was really great. Um, <laughs> and any excuse to bring up Persona. I, I will kind of take any excuse, to, and I was tweeting the hell, at, hell out of CJ to to get him to to do it at least. So I guess he <laughs> he had to bring me on for that. But um, of course, uh, Player One Podcast points of articulation. Um, yes. How like what's the latest on on that show? What are you guys covering these days? Points of articulation is myself and my good friend Justin Chang, a former Nintendo Power coworker. And we talk about toys, toys, toys. It is very nerdy, very much uh, Lego and Transformers centric. We'll talk about other stuff on occasion, but those are our two main interests. So that's typically what we end up talking about. So if you uh, if you like spending money on useless plastic junk, mm-hmm. if you play video games, there's a good chance you do. Do you, do you and, think uh, you'll, you'll cover the Disney Infinity stuff? You know, we have uh we've talked about it certainly mm-hmm. on the show. Um we had a a little chat about it being no more at this point on our, our yeah. most recent episode we, we chatted a little bit about that and and about the toys to life as well. Uh certainly I'm a I'm 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 pretty heavily invested in uh Lego dimensions mm-hmm. as a as a big Lego nerd, so yeah, it's a boy. It's a shame about the Disney Infinity. Yeah, all those di- people uh, losing their jobs and everything yeah. because of it. Yeah, so. Disney just does what Disney wants to do. Yep, if they want to make a Han Solo movie, they'll just do it. Yeah, I'd rather see a young Obi Wan movie. Ian McGregor still just yeah. kind of sitting on his ass. So yeah, well, he said he wants to do it. He said he'd be up for it. Of course he would. So I saw he was selling his cars on eBay right now. 
Is he really? Yeah, and he sells it under his real name because they That's... he gets more money when people know they're from oh, Ian yeah. McGregor. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is pretty funny. Okay, I get a, I'm really going to have to close this tab of the... <laughs> <laughs> you get distracted by Bill and Excellent Adventure TV show. Uh, Karen Campbell plays Holier Than Thou in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the series. The <laughs> goddess they come to see in their phone booth. Wow. Um, yeah, and also, if you want to follow Phil, you can do it on Twitter, at yes. WhimsicalPhil. That's me. You you tweet about stuff. I saw you got Doom. I did get Doom. It looks played through the first level last night. How is it? It is pretty darn good. <laughs> so like, like it's it is like I saw Greg might get the thirty two X version for his birthday today. Do you, is it better oh. than that? Well, I mm, I mean, does I it run at a better frame rate on PS four or thirty two X? Like that's the stuff we need to get Digital well. Foundry to do. I mean, this is the thing. It's like you know, your your 32x version. You have the combined power of 32x and the Sega Genesis. So two processors going at once. I would imagine the 32x one's going to be a bit better. Well, yeah, and it's like you're. It's like the PlayStation Neo, but it's already out. Exactly. <laughs> so we get to we get yeah. to have those benefits, and you also get you know the the combi- the triple. The triple power of the the Sega CD as well. If you get a great, you know, yeah, well, uh, Sega CD 32x game, that is true. Do you need a, a if you want to play Scotty Pippen's Slam City? <laughs> that's the best way to the, play it. The way it was meant to be played. Yeah, you have to. Okay, we might end up talking about that in the the next segment. Uh, thank you everyone for for joining us for for Mega Man Five again. If you're a Patreon, stick around after the music because you're going to get some more retro discussion. Thank you to everyone out there that is supporting the show through Patreon. I really appreciate it. Patreon.com/slash Back in My Play means a lot, and it is helping me continue to do this thing weekly. So if you do enjoy the show and you want it to continue to go every single week, that helps uh, a ton. Thank you so much and uh patreons we'll see you in a couple seconds <laughs> <laughs>